It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the bicycle in the arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll let you kick your face off. I'm down with that. But I don't like it when things are going my way. Don't you dare be sour! He don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling, like he know that wrestling bro. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah! I said give me a hell yeah! What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome to episode 275 of the Stray Shooters. Available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone, a Philly voice and Philly influencer. And we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us tonight. We got another deep dive. It's a special deep dive, personally special to Nick and myself, because, you know, it's March. And the next pay-per-view, I guess, is Fastlane, but we don't care about Fastlane. We'll go right past Fastlane. We're going to start our little, I guess we can call it the March to WrestleMania series. Huh? Hmm? That sound good? Sure. Yeah? Okay. March to WrestleMania series. It's coined right here, right now, live on the air. <laughs> well, we're going to deep dive into a bunch of WrestleManias leading up to WrestleMania 37 <laughs> coming up this year in Tampa, April 10th and 11th. Uh, we're going to deep dive into... WrestleMania 15, the one that happened in Philly. We're going to do that with the Blue Meanie at some point. But tonight, we're going to deep dive into, again, a special show to Nick and myself, WrestleMania 29. Now, I know you're just saying, like, why? That show wasn't that good. Why would that be special to you and Nick? Well, it was because it was both of our first WrestleManias in person, which was, regardless of how the show, how good or bad the show was, still a big deal for a couple of marks like Nick and myself. Mm -hmm. So we're going to deep dive into that. We're also going to touch on to some current event things that's happening around the wrestling world because a lot's been happening lately. I guess because it's WrestleMania season, things just be happening. You know, things are happening in the wrestling world. So we're going to touch on some things there. But before we get into any of that, I got to do my weekly check-in with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. How are you doing tonight, my good brother? I'm doing good. I'm ready to, uh, you know, today was beautiful, Vaughn. The weather was beautiful outside. It was warm, sunny. Me and my dad sat outside for a little bit. It's the first time he's got to see the sun in, since February 2nd, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, today, today's today been a, a good day to, you know, have off work and be able to, you know, I went shopping. So I, I was actually stuck indoors for quite a while. But <laughs> I got all that shopping done. I feel good. I feel good about this show. I just feel good. It's a good time to feel good. You know, there people you getting vaccinated. That's dope. I got a porch in my apartment. So we can, me and my girl can sit out on the porch when it gets a little warmer. It's a little chilly nice. right now. We tried it the other night and it was like, oh, it's a little nippy. Yeah, no, but, it's going to be like, uh, probably not. But, <laughs> you know, but like when it gets like the 65, 70, like we're going to be out there and it's going to be a good time. So, uh, you know, Nick, you got to come through on that. We got to come yeah, through on that. You know it. At one point, the invitation is open for, Ooh, I like for, that. For, a good, for a good porch party, I guess we can call it. I don't know. <laughs> A PP, double P, but um, <laughs> a live remote from the porch. Yeah, I just said a PP. That's just stupid. That's just see. Dumb. I was gonna known. say that, and you know, I, I 
thought about last week when I was making that CMLL joke and I stopped myself. But then you went ahead and just did it. So I, it wasn't on purpose, though. It was completely that was by still, accident. Still very brave by you. <laughs> that was very stupid of me. That's what it was. That was not an intentional thing to say. But yeah, uh, it's a good time to be feeling good. Things are sort of turning around in the country, at least here in the United States. Hopefully, wherever you are in the world, you are staying safe as well. But sort of, I would say sort of, because cases have kind of ticked up tiny bit here, tiny bit. But so I know some states have already opened back up. Like, hey, a hundred percent, we back. And it's like, take it easy. <laughs> like, wait a second. Like, we don't have to do that, but... They're going to change know, that Dallas-WrestleMania to WrestleMania Open. Right, or just, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see y'all in 2025, Dallas. <laughs> Something like that. Like, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, either way, it is, you know, it's the weather's opening up a little bit. It's nicer outside. It's, a you know, a little more optimistic time. You know, it's yeah. a good time to feel optimistic. So hopefully you, you guys are out there feeling the same way. Another reason... To feel optimistic, is that we got a new WWE champion. Yeah, and his name is Bobby Lashley. Nick, did you watch Raw Monday night? I did, and I was I was I wasn't feeling great. <laughs> no, I was I, I didn't know what what they were doing. But uh, hey, thank goodness it was like a one night type story, and the end you know had Lashley as WWE champion, and hell, it made all that annoyance worth it because listen. When you're used to WWE booking, you're used to WWE booking, and uh, you just had a feeling that they would somehow drag this out to fast lane. But nope, they strapped up Bobby, and I couldn't be happier for the guy. And really, like you know, finally a champion that they've built, you know, through months. They did the same with Drew McIntyre. I mean, they kind of built him before he won it, but Lashley's been on a tear for months, and they built him up and credible champion, and it's not like a joke or anything like that. And I, I love it; it's awesome. Yeah, he was a United States champion for a while, beating everybody up. It's nice to see a progression, yes, right? Yes. Which we don't usually see. Somebody just comes out and says, hey, I want a title shot, and then they get it. Everything right. that happened with Bobby Lashley kind of just made sense. It's like he's been whooping everybody's ass for months. He's U.S. champion. Okay, he lost the title, but he brokered the deal with The Miz to help him out, to help him win the title, and then he gets the title shot and whatever. It makes perfect sense. It is the right decision Good on you, WWE, for doing something good for once <laughs> when it comes to a decision like that. Did, did and, you have that kind of like that feeling in you that they were just going to screw it up? I mean, yeah, it's WWE. You always got to have that feeling. <laughs> you can never put it past them to be like, Sigh, see you at Fastlane. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, oh. which, that was kind of what I was expecting. I was expecting yeah. them to like, yeah. do a triple threat at Fastlane or something like that. Drew McIntyre to come out and mess it up, which would cause a triple threat. At Fastlane. But no, they didn't. And I think it's the better decision anyway. Just get the belt on Lashley now and have him be a dominant champion. I mean, Bobby Lashley should have been a champion. <laughs> it shouldn't be his first title. Like, no. look at you look at Bobby Lashley and you go, that's a world champion. And I'm not just talking about like his most recent run, which started in like 2018 or whatever. I'm talking like back in 06, 07. Yeah. He should have been champion back then. I know that he was ECW champion, but no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Should have been world champion or WWE champion uh, long before this past Monday night. But just, you know, I guess get it to him now. Good on them. The Hurt Business. Business is booming for the Hurt Business and all black faction with all the belts on Raw, except the IC title, I guess. But business is booming, you know? And what what a great faction that's become. You know, MVP came in, 
and put that group together, and it's a mouthpiece for that group, and look at them now. Like, one of the best factions we've had in, I mean, years in WWE. I mean, yeah. only, yeah. we've had, like, three good ones in the last, like, maybe five, ten years. We got New Day, which is still going, technically. Yep. Uh, the Shield. And, I guess, the Wyatt Family, which still, that wasn't even that great. <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't like they had that great, bunch of great runs and matches and stuff like that. So, if you take out the Wyatt Family, you got the Shield and you got New Day. And that's it. And now the Hurt Business. I think I would put the Hurt Business a notch below both of them because they haven't been around long enough. But they got a WWE champion right now, so that's that's pretty dope. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, it, it's just a, imagine MVP, you know, watching WrestleMania with Shad Gaspard and seeing Kofi Kingston win the title, and you see, you know, their reaction, and then he comes in at the Royal Rumble last year, sticks around, and hell, he's probably helped Lashley even outside of the business, outside of the, you know, industry, like probably traveling together or um, at least hanging out together. And they've been traveling in, picking, in a while, though. <laughs> yeah, picking, you know, their brains or whatever. Well, I mean, like if, if they go home and come back. I don't know if they both live in Orlando or... Yeah, that's true. That's fair. But, uh, that's fair. Yeah, that's just what I meant. But it, it's like MVP has really been an MVP, <laughs> you know, the last... He really year has. Plus, it, it's crazy. When it comes to uh, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin, and now Cedric Alexander too, yeah, he's their MVP. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. like for real. Like he's he's taking what he has and he's helping out other guys. I want to say younger guys because Shelton and Bobby have been around for years, but Cedric is still a newer guy, and he's you know in a big spot. But the one thing it's funny you mentioned MVP watching Kofi Kingston win the title with the late great Shaq Gaspard at WrestleMania a couple of years ago. And it made me think about the graphic that WWE put out after Bobby Lashley won, which was, it was Bobby Lashley, Kofi Kingston, and The Rock. They didn't put this in the copy of their tweet, but you know what they were implying. Bobby Lashley is, in fact, the third black person to win, specifically, the WWE Championship. He's not the third black world champion. We know that. Booker T's won a world title. Mark Henry's won a world title. Ron Simmons was the first and there have probably been others in the territory days that don't officially get recognized, but there have been other world champions. Hell, Bobby Lashley was a world champion in Impact. You know, let's not oh, forget that. Our truth, <laughs> ECW as well, okay. But our truth was an NWA TNA champion back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there have been world champions before. Of course, like I said, Booker T and stuff like that. So, but the, specifically the WWE Championship. And they put this graphic up like, history has been made. I'm just thinking to myself, that is actually an embarrassment. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. It it's is. a straight up embarrassment. Because think about it this way: wrestling is, you know, let's just say if it was an athletic endeavor, right? Like, where it's a meritocracy, there's no way there would only be three WWE champions. I think about that. Only three black WWE champions, I should say. You tell me, in almost 60 years of that title, the first WWE champion was crowned in 1963. So we're two years, it was 58 years now of this title, okay? Only three people? Three black people? Now count how many undisputed heavyweight champions we've had in boxing that were black in the same period of time. More than three, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. And there were black people in boxing that were beating the hell out of white guys before we even had civil (laughs) rights. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Before we even had our rights to vote. Yeah, Joe Lewis is beating people up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
you know, Sugar Ray Robinson was beating people up. Champions. Of course, you got Muhammad Ali and George Foreman and Joe Frazier, but that's in the 60s and 70s. But then, of course, Mike Tyson, Vander Holyfield, on down the line, Riddick Bowe, whatever. Like, any athletic thing that's, that's, that's a thing, you know, a sport, basketball, football, hell, even hockey a little bit, but golf, whatever. Black people are near, there's somebody black in the periphery of the top of the, the game. That's the best basketball player of all time. It's either Michael Jordan, LeBron James, they're both black. Football player, I know some people probably say Tom Brady, which is fair. But there's other black players in that conversation. But yet, yeah. there's only been three WWE champions ever black in 60 years? Mm. Now, of course, we know why. Because this is not a meritocracy type of thing. This is an elected position. You have to be selected to be WWE champion. Because this is, of course, this is a work. So when, it's, when you notice, when you realize, like, everything that's, like, elected or selected, there aren't that many black people picked. When it comes to the Oscars or other award shows, there's a reason why the, the hashtag Oscars for White existed a couple years ago. Yeah, or I remember that, yeah. Right. Or politics. There's a reason why there's only been one black president, you know? Mm. And it's, like, still a big deal when there's a black governor or a black mayor or something like that, right? Mm. Even though, you know, we've had quite a few of those, obviously, but it's still, people are, oh, that person's black. Well, look at that. Like, it's still a thing. <laughs> right. You know? And the same goes for pro wrestling. And it's like, what the hell? And you don't really think about it, I guess, because we all just grew up and loved it and, and watched it. But now as an adult, it's like, why did it take so long to get three? Three? And you look at the three people that have been up there, two of them, or at least one. Well, let me back up a little bit. It's, it goes to, to the saying of like how much black people have to strive, how hard they have to work. And how extraordinary they have to be to get to the same place of a mediocre white person, right? Mm. Think about all the champions they've had in WWE. And it took The Rock, <laughs> who was extraordinary, needless to say, right? Like, yeah. one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one of the biggest uh, entertainers going today. His show did 5 million viewers before the premiere. I think 3 million the next week. I'm not sure what episode 3 did, but I'm sure to get a couple million viewers... Top, he's a draw, easily a draw. Kofi Kingston, it took a whole movement to get Kofi Kingston the belt, you know, and somebody to get hurt too, because he wasn't yeah. even supposed to be in that elimination chamber at first. That was supposed to be Mustafa Ali's spot. Instead, it, you know, he got hurt, Kofi Kingston slid in, and people just, you know, got galvanized by him, and that whole movement had to start to give him the title. And then you got Bobby Lashley, who, another one who's like an extraordinary type of person. You look at this guy, it's like that guy. It's a scary-looking person. He has the the legitimate fight credentials to back it up. Where he's amateur wrestling, collegiate wrestling, and MMA. And you just look at him. Like, look at this dude. <laughs> he's jacked up, right? So, like, how like it just goes to that other to that saying it was like how good you have to be as a black person to get ahead in life or to just be, make it to a certain level. Because let's look at like the Miz. The Miz. No disrespect to the Miz. I think he's very talented, but he doesn't have an exceptional physique. He's a great talker, and he doesn't have necessarily the best matches in the, in the world. He has good matches. He's good. I'm not saying he's unwatchable. He's a good wrestler, and he's. I think he's worthy of being champion, but he's already been champion twice. Yeah. <laughs> like, meanwhile, Bobby Lashley never had the belt. Neither did. Neither has MVP. You know, Kofi Kingston had to wait a long time. Big E's still waiting. He's. He should be a guy that could have been champion by now, and it's just like. 
Shelton Benjamin never even really had a shot at it. It's like, but the Miz has held it twice already. Not and again, done the disparaging the Miz, <laughs> but it's just how good you have to be when you're African American mm-hmm. to get to that it's spot. The optics of it all, like it's it's, like, it's so wild. You're gonna go with the Miz over whoever. You know, it's like he, he doesn't. Like, I guess hopefully for this part, it was just part of the story. But even his first reign, yeah. You know, it was like eh. I, I just don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting the Miz. It's just that he is he in anybody's top ten? Is he in anybody's top twenty? Is he in anybody's top right, thirty? Right. Like, is he among the best of all time, or anybody's top thirty or forty? I'm sure he might be, but like, but then you look at Bobby, like Bobby Lashley should have been champion yesterday, like yeah, what, yeah. like a year ago, like mm-hmm. what? Even when he came back, I, I felt like they had they were like going to do right by him this time for this run, right. and. Man, they fumbled that bag. <laughs> right after uh, off the rip, they did with put him in Lana and the Rusev stuff, and that was just that was just terrible. Nobody wanted to watch the Jerry Springer stuff. They wanted to see Bobby Lashley beat people's asses. I'm like, you look at Bobby Lashley in 2019. It's like he's nowhere near the guy yesterday. It's like he can this guy can potentially beat a Brock Lesnar yes. in 2019 because yeah. they look made him like a sucker. He wasn't going to beat Brock. Like, couldn't even beat Finn Balor. <laughs> At WrestleMania, now granted that was a demon, but still, like, come on, man, it's just, it's just, it's embarrassing to me if you're WWE that you, sh- I, mean, I know that why they highlighted it, and it, it pretty sure got a lot of engagement on the post, but it's just for that title, sixty years, and only three black people have held that title, that's embarrassing. When every other athletic sport endeavor, whatever, there's a black person either at or near the top. And where there have been black people at the top more than three over the decades. You know what I'm saying? I just don't understand it. And again, it's because obviously it's an elected position. It's not a meritocracy where somebody actually goes out there and compete to win. Because if that was the case, Bobby Lashley wouldn't have won a title in 2006. Because <laughs> like, yeah. he can beat everybody up. And the only person that could even remotely hang with him would probably be Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. That's it. Which, by the way, I think that's the next big money match that WWE can have. And, you know, with fans coming back, they think they keep the belt on Lashley and have Brock come back and have, have them go at it. I don't hey. know if they would happen at SummerSlam or if they can wait until next year's WrestleMania, but that, that's got to happen. I would, I would hope it happens because that would be a sight. <laughs> I'd be all for it if Brock Lesnar loses. Right, yeah. That's what, yeah. I it's got to lose at some but. point. Right, he's got to yeah. lose. Like he's got to lose at some point. I know he's the, lost, and I know Lashley's not the youngest guy in the world. But like, I don't need to see Brock on top again with the belt, like, and beating someone like Lashley for it. Like, you know, I, I don't want to see that again. I want to see been him, there, done that. Him come back, be like, I'm going to beat you up, and then no, like Lashley is the champ, and he beats him, where everyone you know is like, oh, so Lashley, yeah, like no one, no one, no one can beat him, <laughs> you know, like, and it's believable. So, that was that's definitely the next. Like, I hope they make that happen somehow, because I don't think Brock's technically under contract right now. Uh, but I mean, they they probably just pay him whatever he wanted. He will come back. But mm-hmm. I would love to see it. Yeah, it's just yeah. Do right by Bobby Lashley. He should have been in this spot for a long time. Congrats to Bobby Lashley. He deserved it. He been deserved it. But it just makes me think of you know all the guys who. You know, just black people in general have to be exceptional. You know, you look at the people who, Vince McMahon, who wanted to put the belt on, like, 
I'm sure Vince McMahon wanted to put the belt on Bobby Lashley back in 06 and 07, but he left to do MMA. But look at like Ahmed Johnson, right? He wanted to make him a champion at one point. He just had a bunch of injuries. But look at Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> like <laughs> an exceptional physique, extraordinary physique. So it's just, you know, all those things. But moving on, moving on to some more big news out of the world of WWE or I guess NXT is that what we, what us and many others have been calling for for months, it's apparently going to happen. NXT is going to move to Tuesday night starting April 13th, officially putting an end to the Wednesday night wars, which I called off months ago, <laughs> months and months ago. But this is the right decision for all parties involved. It's the right decision for NXT so they don't get the hell beat out of them in the ratings by AEW every week. Their viewers will go up. Hell, AEW's views will go up. And that wrestling fans will have to switch back and forth. Even though in the beginning, I thought that would be dope. But I forgot how cumbersome that could be. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you've got to choose was, between the two dude, shows. And like the third week, I was out. I tapped out. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded so cool, right? In the beginning, it was like, oh, nostalgia. I remember doing this when I was a kid. And when you're a kid, you just forget things. You don't care about certain things. You just right. do it, right? But as an adult, you're like, man, this is whack. <laughs> I thought this would be so much more fun. But... Yeah, so I think, you know, it helps everybody involved. It's the right decision, and it's about damn time. So I should have put it Saturday morning, damn it. No. <laughs> Saturday night, Terrible damn TV it. Time. <laughs> Saturday morning when college, when college football season starts is... Yeah, Saturday, that's Saturday night. I don't know. I don't want it on Tuesday. No. Like, come on, man. College that's football has me. taken over Saturdays. Saturdays belong to college... At least when college football season starts. Like Saturday, the, the twelve o'clock games and those eight eight o'clock games and and on ESPN yeah, or even nine, CBS, like 10, man, to, ten to twelve. Come on, that's, that's fine. Ter- okay, and watch they get like three hundred thousand viewers. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> right, but, but yeah, on Saturday just, night. Uh, too much to do during the week, man. Like I'm, I'm happy. It's I guess a- they're not head to head because I might be able to right. at least keep track week to week. I don't. I I have to. Skim through the shows now just to get an idea of what's going on because I just at don't least have it's that spaced time. out. At least it's spaced yeah. out, right? It's yeah. Monday you got Raw, Tuesdays and next you could each day just something, which is fine. I mean, it's fine for me at least. I mean, I'd I'd, I'd rather it this way than both at the same time. And but it, hey, if you're an Impact viewer, this might be tough for you because yeah, NXT is gonna be on at the same time pretty much. So another like Tuesday Night War, damn it. <laughs> that's not going to be a war. <laughs> that's that's not even a skirmish. It's just a one-sided beating. No, no, no. Not in a schism. Nothing. It's just. It's not even a confrontation. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so there's no contest, as we would call it. So we got that. Uh, we got more rap wrestling beefs in wrestling, <laughs> which is like the thing now. First, it was Bow Wow tweeting a bunch of wrestlers. And you, Wrestlers, man, I'll tell you what. I know the, the rappers are kind of clout chasing with the whole tweeting about wrestling, but the wrestlers will pounce on anything that's outside of wrestling. Like, they all jump in all mm-hmm. across the brands, all across WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor. They all jump in on it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a group of clout chasers? Look at the wrestlers because they all got something to say <laughs> when it comes to somebody saying something about wrestling, which is fair. I mean, you're disparaging someone's business and someone's livelihood. People are going to be offended, but it's just always funny when something like that happens. When somebody from the outside says something disparaging about pro wrestling, wrestlers from all across the the, the board 
jump in and, and have to say their thoughts. And we got more with not just Bow Wow now. Now we got Soldier Boy, another washed up rapper, hopping in the game, or talking about wrestling, and Randy Orton going back and forth with him. And it's just like, what is happening? Like, we like need to end this it, pandemic it, now. <laughs> I feel like, is there something else going on here? Like, are we going to see, you know, like, Rap versus WWE. Jeez. <laughs> like, I mean, it, the best part about it for me was uh, T-Bar getting involved. And it's like, man, who the hell are you, T-Bar? Like, I, I, would, I wanted Lana to, like, chime in. I wanted, to, I wanted someone random that you would never think of that to, like, defend wrestling's honor or something against these... Nikki Cross? These, these heel rappers. <laughs> yeah, like, Nikki Cross. That would, Look, just like not Randy Orton because he's he's always involved in in beef whether it's online or not. But he was talking heavy to Soldier Boy too, man. I don't was. know what the hell's going on. Was. That was going back and forth. They were. Soulja I always I always imagine someone like Randy Orton like secretly has their number and they're just texting back and forth. They're like, "Yo, I'm going to say this about you." Soldier Boy's number? Yeah, somehow. Wild. Maybe he got it from Bad Bunny. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just. When I talked about having more hip-hop involvement in pro wrestling... <laughs> That's, I thought of this. <laughs> this was not what no, I intended at all. <laughs> I, I envisioned a harmonious relationship between <laughs> pro wrestling and rap. Hip-hop. Where everybody gets along and it's all great. And what I'm seeing on Twitter is like, what the hell is going on out here? Like... <laughs> Honestly, we don't have time for this. Like, I don't, don't. This is not the time. We don't have time for this nonsense. We got people dying out here. People, politicians going crazy. We don't have time for Soldier Boy Randy Orton beats. I really don't. I'm surprised we even talking about it on this show tonight. But we don't have time. Yeah, uh, I was like, I woke up and just like everyone else, they're like, I didn't expect to. You know, see Soldier Boy and Randy Orton beefing on the timeline, <laughs> but I was like, "Oh my god, this is hilarious!" <laughs> they was beefing, beefing. Yeah, I always wow. I always enjoy that. I don't, I don't like they might be serious going back and forth, but I, I really I find entertainment out of it, and it just makes me laugh on both sides. Like whatever Orton says versus whatever Soldier Boy says, and just crack cracking up. You just here for the drama. That's right. You just here for the drama. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> like, we got to fight for. We don't have to fight. By the way, did you see that new Paul White T-shirt? I did not. It's probably uh, trash, though, right? It says no more BS. <laughs> what? Get it? Because BS, Big Show. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's who's gonna rock it's... that? <laughs> Nobody. I quote tweeted it on my Twitter. If uh, anyone wants to go check it out, it's let's let's. Mention WWE without mentioning WWE again. Yeah, exactly. Like, just get over it, man. Whatever. Yeah. Speaking of BS, how about Joey Ryan, huh? (laughs) Trying to pull off this BS wrestling show. The Wrestling for Women's Charity, I think it was called, or something like that. And WWC, the World Wrestling Council's ripoff. It was something wow. stupid like that. I don't know. Either way, it was terrible that he, of all people, would run yeah. a show for women and try to put himself in the show. And when people bought the tickets, well, for, for one, he was on the poster, which everybody wow. saw that. I was like, oh, uh, we didn't know he was supposed to be on the show. And even Tony Khan was like, uh, yeah, if 
AEW talent is on the show, they're not on the show anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. So good for you, Tony Khan, yeah, for that's taking a stand with, uh, on that. Like, well, yeah, exactly. Like, you may be able to bend a little bit with certain things and be a, a boss that everyone loves to work for right now in AEW, but doing something like that, putting your you know nose in another business like this, that's the good the good kind of like sticking your nose in another business like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we talk about when you know we want you know someone respected to, to be able to do that i don't think he would I, i'm not entirely sure if this man would have done the same thing probably not but his wrestlers aren't going to be wrestling on other shows anyway exactly. so yeah you know, worry about that because that's yeah. he don't allow that he don't play that but that's the risk you take though when if you're aew when your guys are allowed to work independence they might be on some shows that aren't necessarily run by the best people or they might get hurt or whatever. So that's the risk you take. But I don't, I'm not saying they shouldn't, they should stop letting their performers or the wrestlers work independence. I think it's always nice to get a couple extra dollars if they can. And it helps the independence too with some names from TV, but that's part of the risk you take. <laughs> you know, they might be on a show run by an unscrupulous promoter who in this case, he's far from, he's more than just unscrupulous and Joey Ryan, but yeah, uh, you know, might be a shyster or whatever, but it's neither here nor there. It's just funny when people bought the tickets, they saw like, oh, Bar Wrestling is running this. Hmm. And soon that whole thing got shut down and it's no more. So that's that. Uh, quickly, want to talk about AW Revolution before we deep dive here? Nah, we don't have to. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll not, ask you. It's a one match show for me. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you yeah. for a prediction for one match, and that's the exploding barbed wire death match for the world yeah. championship kenny omega and john moxley Isn't that, crazy? that sounds incredible actually <laughs> and that's the only reason why to buy the show there's gonna I'm be not, some... not sorry the only reason it's just it's mainly the reason because yeah i mean there are other good matches death match. there are other good matches uh but yeah this seem i'm just very intrigued with what they're gonna do uh we do we will have the audio by the way of cody rhodes uh media call on the straight shooters feed by the way so so look out for that um, he did it today, what, March 3rd, so I'll get that up on our feed, but I just, I don't see how they put the title back on Moxley. I think they'll be going to, some shenanigans, and Kenny Omega, I think, will just retain. I mean, I guess you could have some shenanigans in a death match. There aren't any <laughs> rules, so why not? Hey, man, they, I don't even know if they labeled it as non-sanctioned or, or what, but they... They had a non-sanctioned match before last year, you know, so. Well, it's for the title, though, so it has to be some type of sanction, right? That's true. That's true. That's a good point by you. So, (laughs) I don't know. I'm interested. I haven't ordered it yet. You know, I'm thinking about it. And the whole reason why I try not to, you know, find it a legal stream and and watch it is just because what if I want to, like, watch it again? You know, like, I can watch (laughs) it again, like, whenever I want if I order it, so. I'm or you want to watch it. a, I'm a reliable it. feed. You don't yeah, want to exactly, exactly. have it so. mess up at some point. You know? And it's on a Sunday this year, too. So that that might... I don't know if it'll change my mind or not, but I, I prefer Saturday. But it is what it is. You prefer but, Saturday? I think Sunday's a better day because people might want to go out on Saturday nights. Eh, who cares about people? Maybe not so much now because of the pandemic, but under normal circumstances. I don't I think Sunday's see, a bad night. I, just, I don't care about other people, though. I, I see. I care about me. <laughs> Nick Pacone. <I> see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we get it. By the All way, right. the bunch of Livewire episodes are on t- YouTube. I definitely uh, think we should deep dive some of those. 
At some point, Nick. Like the the early version when people will call in and email and stuff. Like they're that that one user uploaded, you know, like September, October, November, December. I'm like, yes, let's go. Someday we'll get into it, especially if there's some funny calls on there. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm down. Surprisingly, I'll have to send you the link. So. <laughs> I will write that down. Send Vaughn Livewire. <laughs> <laughs> all right. With all that out of the way, though, shall we deep dive into WrestleMania 29? Why don't we? All right. WrestleMania 29 took place April 7th, 2013. Emanated from MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Which is in Northern Jersey and the shadows of New York City, as you like to say. Uh, according to not just Wikipedia, but press releases, because WWE does press releases for this type of stuff. And they announced it on the show itself. There were 80,676 people in attendance, which was at that time a MetLife Stadium record. 2019 broke that. The 2019 WrestleMania actually broke that record, 82,265. But they're both the third and fourth highest attended WrestleManias in history. Of course, behind WrestleMania 3, which had 103,000, something like that. And uh, WrestleMania 32 in Dallas that one year had over 100,000. But they were also, WrestleMania 29 and 2013 was, the at that point, the highest grossing event in WWE history, bringing in $12.3 million. $12.3 million. Uh, WrestleMania 35 at MetLife topped that with 16.9, but the highest grossing event ever by WWE, still to this day, is WrestleMania 32 with 17.3 million. Uh, a little note about MetLife Stadium. The stadium opened in 2010. It is the home, of course, to the New York football giants and the New York Jets. Uh, so if you're an Eagles fan and you go to road games, you're more than familiar with MetLife Stadium. Uh, but it's only, it's not even, it was a little over, let's just say 10 years old, but it's already hosted two WrestleManias and a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So how about that? Like, people got in fast, and it's probably going to host another nice Super Bowl at some point. I like the, when you get, it's, it reminds me of Veterans Stadium. I, I The inside, at least, where you're enclosed and there's no openings, like no gaps, where... Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, you know, that's what I mean by that. I don't mean like... I better, said, are there I, rats running around there? <laughs> Straight cats? And, and even the outside. Like, I think it's a cool, sleek design MetLife Stadium has on the outside. Driving to this show was actually, it was the night before where uh, I, I was on my way and it was late at night. And I think I was arriving to a hotel, you know, near the stadium while they were doing their, I guess, uh, pre show with the lights and everything. And they were like testing them out. They did a test run or whatever. And I didn't realize they did that back then. And I was driving, and I was coming up over the horizon of the highway, and I, I saw like all these lasers and everything, and these lights and spotlights. And I was like, "That is the coolest thing ever!" Because <laughs> it was like straight ahead of me, you know, the whole stadium, the horizon, like the highway I was on. It was just the way the, the road was going of how I came over that hill, and I saw that. It was just like incredible. I will never forget that image. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well. Real quick about this particular day. Um, it was 55 degrees that day, according to Michael Cole, which is a little chilly for WrestleMania, especially if you're yeah. wrestling in your underwear. So <laughs> WWE actually built a heating system into the ring where the ring posts would blow hot air into the ring. So I don't know if they <laughs> ever used that beforehand. 
hotter. But that's I think it's the first time they used that. Yeah. So yeah, that's an interesting but, uh, little tidbit about WrestleMania yeah, that year. That. But there was actually like flurries, by the way. Like, I, so was, I don't recall. Wait, you said it was in the fifties? Maybe there weren't flurries. Maybe I'm thinking rain. Maybe I'm all over the rain, place. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's in April, after all. It should have been some rain. Hopefully not snow. But, <laughs> um, but let's let's rewind back to 2013 because, like I said earlier in our intro. This was the very first WrestleMania in person for myself and Nick Pacone. And I don't care how uh, jaded of a wrestling fan you are. You could be the biggest AEW mark, the biggest New Japan mark, or whatever. You could be a Laps fan. If you're a wrestling fan, you want to go to WrestleMania. That's a dream. That is a dream. Hmm. And I don't care, how, like I said, how jaded you are or what. You want to be at least one WrestleMania in your lifetime. And I recommend it if you're a fan. If you haven't gone yet, and you're you're a diehard fan, you're listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, WWE isn't great. They probably don't even deserve your money sometimes, honestly. But I think you owe it to yourself as a wrestling fan to be able to say, "Yeah, I went to one and experience that that massive event that WrestleMania is, that pomp and circumstance, because it's a big party full of wrestling fans. That's that's the only time of year you're going to be surrounded by damn near a hundred thousand other marks like yourself." So enjoy it. <laughs> you don't have to even enjoy the show that much. Just hang out with wrestling fans for maybe a day or two, yeah. you know, because you can make a whole trip out of it. And have a good time with other marks and talk about old wrestling and watch old wrestling and then watch WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year, and have a, make it a whole weekend out of it. But I recommend if anyone who hasn't gone yet, like I said, you owe it to yourself to go. But Nick, let's talk about 2013. Where were you in life in 2013 and how did your trip to WrestleMania come about? So, whenever they announced they were going to MetLife, I don't remember if they did it the year prior, if, you know, they would announce it at WrestleMania, if they did it before WrestleMania, because, you know, sometimes... They, it, they did it They, they did, did it around WrestleMania 28. Right. I didn't know if it was at the event or if they did it, you know, like a week or two in advance, like they did, you know, some other time. I believe they had years. a press conference for it, like, so, before the show, like, before yeah. WrestleMania. I think they had a press conference. Like, I think they... Do, they like, what they do now... Where they have a press conference saying, hey, we're going to be here, be there. Like, So they right, did that. Right. So whenever that happened, I was lucky enough to have like a, a group of friends that would always, like at least one person would get a group of tickets and then kind of figure out who wants to go. And if somebody couldn't go, then they would try and sell it to somebody else that was a wrestling fan, obviously, that you know would go with the group. And right away, <laughs> me and my one friend were like, because my, my other friend was kind of like a casual fan and we had watched you know 2010 2011 2012 like we had watched stuff occasionally together um you know he would miss some shows here and there but you know he was like the only other guy i would watch wrestling with at that time uh weekly and or at least talk about it so me and him were in like we told him yes we're in i think it was a group of 10 or 12 i don't remember so the one guy bought the tickets and I wound up paying only $92 for my seat, which was all the way, you know, up towards the top and the se- hey. second, second level. But hell, don't matter. Why, You're in the building. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I love MetLife Stadium because I didn't feel like I was that far away. I posted a picture on Twitter, which probably shows that I was far away. But like when I was there in person, it did not look that far away from and me. And it doesn't so, matter, though. Like, you're in the building. Right. You're at WrestleMania. Right. Like, it and, doesn't matter. You know, I was, my angle, I saw the stage, I saw the ring, that was perfect. You know, it was, 
so my angle was so great. So yeah, this was like a year and change in advance where I was just like, yes, you know, I'm in and, you know, I paid them and we just kind of waited, you know, I think if they, if they came to Philly in 2012 or early 2013, I don't remember when they, I think they were in Philly before probably for the, in the lead up, probably in the lead up to WrestleMania. Yeah. I don't remember 2012. I, I didn't go to down. any shows in 2012, but, uh, you know, we went to a few yeah. of those shows, you know, a couple house shows if they came, but, this was the big one. So I don't remember. They went up early. Like the other part of the group went up uh, like a Thursday or Friday. I don't remember exactly. And I don't, I think I had baseball and, you know, I had just started my first year in education, but I was still, it was my second year of coaching, you know, high school varsity baseball. So our season starts the first week of March, you know, tryouts and then cuts and then preseason and boom, the first week of April, uh, we start the season. So, we were around that time period and you know, I was, I think I had a, you know, game that Saturday, which is why I didn't go up early. So I wound up going up Saturday night, you know, driving up there, beat all the traffic, you know, it was great, slept over. And then Sunday we went to breakfast at the hotel, you know, kind of hung out, went to MetLife, kind of hung out in, in the park a lot as the doors open, we got inside, you know, maybe a, an hour or two before the pre-show started. And, yeah, it was just like really, just really cool experience being part of a WrestleMania like weekend <laughs> type thing where I was just like, man, like I had kind of drifted away a little bit, but it was WrestleMania. So in that time period, you know, maybe right after the Rumble, I was like, I'm all in. So yeah, I was, I was excited no matter if I felt like a big fan or becoming a Laps fan or what, but I was all in. Right, I mean, you you grew up taping every show pretty much, man. Every this is, single one, right? So this Except is the Saturday morning shows. God, I should have taped them. Aren't they up on like WWE Network? They're like superstars. Well, up. Yeah, but I'm talking like Mania Some and Livewire, but oh, well, oh, like Shaq is in the cares. ring right now on the AEW. <laughs> oh. But like I said, you grew up a big fan. You grew up like to taping all the shows. This is like a childhood dream. So yeah, yeah like yeah, it's dope. You know what I'm saying? So, and you know, I was with the were my best friends, but I mean, I was with a group of friends, and that we all enjoyed it, even though we might have hated the product at the time. Like together, we were all marks. Um, yeah, they all felt the same way. Like hell, it's WrestleMania. Let's go. Right. I think most people feel that way, especially if they can. Yeah. If they, you can make it happen, you're gonna go to WrestleMania. It's like hell yeah, let's just. Oh, 100 bucks for a ticket? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're sitting way up top, but like it's still at WrestleMania. And it's, it's even more dope if you can enjoy some of the festivities around it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can. But if you can't, you still went to WrestleMania for 100 bucks. Why not? Uh, so, for me, 2013, I would have been 24. And, well, let's rewind back actually to 2012. Because that's when, like you, I first heard that WrestleMania was going to be at MetLife Stadium the next year. I vividly remember I was still in college. I still at IUP at that point. Indiana University of Pennsylvania. The Harvard of Western Pennsylvania. Just so y'all know. <laughs> but I remember telling my girl at the time, like, yo, we gotta go to WrestleMania next year. It's right up the street in East Rutherford. Like, where the Giants and the Jets play, we gotta go. And she's like, yeah, 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 whatever. Little did I know that I said we, but it wouldn't be we because we would break up a couple months later. So, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> ah, it's all right. It's perfectly <laughs> fine. 
Uh, it's Gabby's mom, so you know, obviously we're still in contact, but it's 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 we're it's good now. <laughs> good. But in my mind, I'm like, we're gonna last forever. So see you next year at WrestleMania. Psych. She wasn't there, but <laughs> 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 I remember watching WrestleMania 28 in my homie's apartment that I went to school with, and we was talking. I was like, "Yo, man, it's up in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's not that far, at least from where I'm from in Philly. It's a little far from Western PA." Uh, and out, you know, in Indiana, Pennsylvania. But I was like, yo, I'm trying to go. Y'all want to go? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody loves, it's, it's always great when somebody do like a group trip. Yeah. And people people know what I'm talking about. When you do like a group vacation and when you mention the idea, everybody's on board. And the closer <laughs> and closer you get to it, everybody drops off. <laughs> <laughs> this trip starts out like a 12 person trip. By the end, it's like three people on this trip. Because for whatever reason, some everybody can't do it. That's just how it be, right? So that's pretty much what happened here, but not really because they just dropped out. It's just because they're in Western PA. I'm in Eastern PA. They weren't going to spend... I guess they weren't... They were big. They were wrestling fans, but I guess they didn't want to pony up the money to... Because we just all graduated from college, too. We're not like... Yeah. We out here rolling in the dough. Right. You got to... You want to drive the eight hours from uh, Western PA, wherever, to... New Jersey? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or are you going to catch a flight? No. I mean, it'd be dope if they did, but they didn't. So, fast forward to 20, later in 2012, I'm working at Philly.com, and I'm like, I got to go to WrestleMania next year. I don't know what I'm going to do. I asked my dad if he wanted to go, and he was like, nah, not really. Like He, <laughs> and he grew up watching wrestling. <laughs> like, nah, I'm good. I mean, not really. He was down, but like at a certain point, he just like, oh, I don't really have the money right now. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. And he grew up watching wrestling too, so I figured he would be dope if he went. But he, you know, he's like, ah, oh, never mind. But I was like, all right. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't want to just go by myself. But you know, how am I gonna? What am I gonna do? And then one of my coworkers is like, why don't you just cover it? And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it didn't even dawn on me that I could just do that because I work for a major media outlet. In the inquiry, <laughs> I'm like, damn, you know, that's 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 a good point. I could just do that, huh? I'm like, and it's not really like I'm trying to get to WrestleMania for free. It's just like oh, I can go to WrestleMania and do work at the same time. Well, how about it? Let's do it. That's pretty much how desperate I was to go to WrestleMania. I guess I don't know. <laughs> how about it? So cool. I went through the process. Yeah, you know, and I, and I went through the process of getting into credentials. It's my first like real foray with WWE and their PR people, and I actually got interviews leading up to the show. I interviewed Paul Hammond before the show, which is nice. wild. Like, uh, like in the weeks leading up, because uh, he was managing CM Punk and Brock Lesnar that night, which yeah. is pretty wild. Uh, they both lost. Spoiler, <laughs> but um, so yeah, this is kind of really how I really got into reporting wrestling. Even though I had written about wrestling at Bleacher Report, and that's how I knew that wrestling stories do tremendous traffic because you know you bleach report at least back then you can see how many views how many clicks or whatever a story got and all the wrestling stuff i wrote will always do the best traffic and the other stuff i wrote would not so i'm talking to my editors like look yeah we should cover wrestlemania for one it's right up the street it's kind of local it looks stupid if we didn't cover it because a year later fast forward a year later when the super bowl was up there in east rutherford we sent like eight people up there <laughs> to cover the Super Bowl because it was local <laughs> all of a sudden. So I talked them into letting me go because it did make sense from an editorial standpoint. 
And I was like, maybe, you know, there's like, well, maybe you don't write necessarily a story. How about we do a live chat, right? This is when live chats were still a big thing. I, mean, I guess they still are, but especially so back then, because we would do them like every week or multiple every week live chats mm-hmm. at philly.com. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll do the live chat. I'll talk to people, tell people, and, and we'll put in the headline like WrestleMania results. Because you got to remember, this is also pre-WWE Network. Mm-hmm. This is the last WrestleMania before the WWE Network. This is strictly pay-per-view. So not everybody can watch this show. It's not as accessible as it is today, which is wild to think about that a WWE show wouldn't be easily accessible through your smartphone, or your tablet, or your computer, or your smart TV, or your fire stick, or whatever. Back then, only pay-per-view. So the live chat did tremendous numbers, and that's how they was like, all right, well, now do this more often. I was like, all right. <laughs> and that's how the Square Circle blog got started on philly.com. Did you name that yourself? From there. I'm pretty sure I did. I, I'm not going to say for certain that I did, but I believe I did the Square Circle. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm pretty sure I did name that myself. But... So that's how that started. But as far as getting to WrestleMania, like the, the, the day itself, because I didn't get to go to like the Hall of Fame ceremony mm-hmm. and like, because there was no NXT the night before. I'm thinking like, what, <laughs> was there NXT? No, there wasn't. It was only, only the Hall of Fame ceremony. So, and years after this, I would go up there like to the, sh- to the, to the city and stay a couple days, go to the Hall of Fame and do other stuff. But this night, they didn't want to pay for my hotel for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> So I had to go the day of, just like, that's kind of whack. And yeah. years, then following years, they realized, hey, we probably should do this because it's further away. And, you know, who wants to just go the right. day of? Right. So on this day, I vividly remember not getting any sleep the night before. Excited, because huh? I was just it's excited. Right. I'm like, again, I'm 24 by this point. I might as well have been seven again. I might as well have been seven, eight, nine, ten years old again. That excited. And... I had to wake up really early because WWE was like, all right, if you want to get interviews, that's another thing I was doing too. I was also getting interviews at Fan Access that I would put, I would do video interviews and put them on a site, uh, philly.com. So it's like, all right, if you want to get these interviews, be here at the first session of Access at nine o'clock. Because for those who don't know, they had the fan access every day, including the day of WrestleMania. But the Sunday one, it's like the last session, obviously, because it's the day of the show. Probably the worst day to go, because all the big stars come out in the days leading up. Sunday rolls around. It's like nobody's really trying to do an autograph signing before the main event. They have a main event match at WrestleMania. So it's a little scarce. It's a little rough. But I didn't learn that until I got there. So I get there. Well, I had to get there at 9 o'clock. So I had to wake up here. And Philly at five, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> unlike Nick here, I don't drive. I don't have a car. So I had to get to 30th Street Station in Philly. Then I had to catch a Scepter Regional Rail train to Trenton, New Jersey. Right? So from Philly mm-hmm. to Trenton. And then when I, once I got to Trenton, or Trent, Trenton, right? That's how you say it, right? Yeah. I had to catch a New Jersey transit train. <laughs> To Secaucus, <laughs> right? Now, once I got to Secaucus, WWE had set up these shuttle buses to take fans from Secaucus to the IZOT Center. Now, I know people are going to be like, what the hell is the IZOT Center? That is the building formerly known as the Meadowlands Arena. 
And that's where the New Jersey Nets were played. Seton Hall played there. I think the Devils played there too for a while. I think so. Um, so that was before the I before the Barclays Center. The Izod Center was like the second building in that metropolitan area. MSG was number one. Meadowlands Arena was like the second one. But then Barclays came about, and then the other building in New, New Jersey, Prudential Center, came up too in Newark, and the Izod Center got phased out. But before they got totally phased out, it was still up and operational, and that's where they had access, which access is usually at a convention center. But this year, I guess there wasn't a convention center nearby that they could get that was that would fit everything they want to throw into, you know, access. And it's a lot. I've been to multiple accesses, so I can say it's a lot. When you know the convention center is the the route to go, this the, the arena was the 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 second option that they really didn't want to do, but they had to do. So, but that's where fan access was. I had to get there at nine o'clock, and I get there. And I'm like looking up and I see all the signage on the buildings. And it's not really like a pretty, like picturesque scene. It's like, you know, Nick, it's New Jersey, it's North Jersey. So it's like highway and it's like, it was like kind of a cloudy day. Mm. And it wasn't, it was kind of like I said, nippy. It's like 50 degrees that day. So it wasn't, wasn't like it was sunshine and palm trees and beautiful. It was like a concrete jungle around us with a highway behind us. But because we're marks, we're like, I'm like, damn, this is WrestleMania, bro. I'm here. I'm not even at MetLife yet. I'm at Izod Center. <laughs> like, you know? But it's like, oh, man, I'm here, bro. This is dope. This is amazing. But I was just blown away by it. But so I, I go in to Access. And this is, again, it's my first one. So I'm not used to the convention center types of Access. I just walk into the arena and they had like all the memorabilia. And all the exhibits, I guess, in the concourse, as opposed to like on the floor of a, con- a convention center, where they usually would have it. And I'm walking around like a kid in the candy. So I'm looking at, oh, there's Triple H's throne, or there's this, and there's DDP, and there's Ted DiBiase, and I'm getting interviews. I remember interviewing uh, Daniel Bryan, r Truth, uh, I think uh, Ziggler, and Damian Sandow, who stayed in Ooh. character throughout. <laughs> Blast from the past, right, Damian Sandow. Yeah. But he stayed in character throughout his interviews and his autograph <laughs> signings. And he would sign his autographs with like a marker with a pink feather on it. And I was like, well, what's 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 the deal with the feather? And he was like, this is a family heirloom that was passed down because it was used to sign the Declaration of Independence in Invisible Ink. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was funny, man. I love that. <laughs> he was really funny, bro. So all of that was happening in the concourse, and they would pretty much have like the guys do autograph signings in like I guess a suite or a box. You know, the people would come into like a club suite, and they would line up in there, and the wrestler would be sitting in the, you know in the back or whatever, and he signed autographs instead of just like at like a table uh, on the floor somewhere. And I remember in the actual arena itself was they were having like NXT matches. Like just random matches happening while everybody else, everybody's doing all this other stuff, and they would just have matches. I'm like Percy Watson and and Paige and stuff like that. Like this is this is way before NXT became cool, right? Still had a ways to go, but they did that, yeah. So yeah, that was because by that point they were still a weekly show, but I mean they were relegated to Florida. You know, they weren't national or anything. They were still no, I don't small brand. I don't think they were even on TV. If they were, they weren't like in specific places, but they weren't like right, widely like, uh, available yet. It was like syndicated in like Florida or something. 
Yeah. If if anything. Yeah. So. So I got there. I did all my interviews. And I I'm done with that session. So I leave out. It's like eleven o'clock now. Eleven a.m. While I'm leaving, the next session is maybe an hour away from starting. Let's say it starts at noon. I walk out of the Izod Center, and there's already a line of people surrounded the building, <laughs> like waiting for the next session. I'm like, holy hell! I've never seen this many wrestling fans in one place at one time. Like outside of like maybe going to a show, but even still, to see a line of people like that was kind of like I was kind of taken aback by that. So then. I go to the Skywalk they have because the MetLife, MetLife Stadium is across literally a highway, like a six-lane highway. You don't want to walk across this. You die. Yeah. So <laughs> That might have been what I was driving on. I don't, I don't remember the specific road I was on when I the previous night when I saw like the light show, but it was awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it was the same highway. Yeah. And I took, I took a picture of the stadium while we were driving up on the shuttle buses. You can see it kind of peek over the horizon at some point and it's like MetLife, you know, at big letters at the top of the stadium. So I'm sure it's the same highway, but they had this little like crosswalk or skywalk type of thing. It's this long tunnel that will take you from the Izod Center to MetLife Stadium across the highway. So I walk across this and there's just dozens and dozens of wrestling fans in this thing. So I get over there and that's when I go to the superstore. You know, if you're not familiar with WrestleMania or WWE, I should say, every year at WrestleMania, they have a superstore. It's like a merchandise store, just big, blown-out merchandise store. Some years, it can be just in the convention center, like a big space in the convention center where they have everything. I mean, they have the, all, everybody's going in the Hall of Fame. They have T-shirts for all of them. They have hats. They have toothbrushes. They got everything, everything you want. <laughs> well, this year, it was at, I guess, MetLife Stadium's gift shop or, or like NFL Pro Shop. Where they sell, I guess, Giants and Jet stuff on game days. Well, that's what they had—the Superstore. I mean, this place is decked out. It's like a, it was like a, looked like a Macy's in there. Like there were all <laughs> kinds of merch. But before I even got in, they had us waiting in line. So it was like two people go in only when two people came out. And while we're waiting in line, they're playing music over these speakers. And the song that they were playing was Fandango C music on a loop, <laughs> yes. over. And over and over. And I'm sure there were thousands of wrestling fans that stood in that same line and heard that same damn song. And that's why they were all the next night going, right. Because that's all I heard at the Superstore. Oh my God. He should never And my alarm for when I woke up. It was a wow. Yeah. My girl tried to talk me into making a uh, Bobby Roode theme song, Our Alarm. I, like, that is my that. theme that has my alarm for a while, too. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's, all, it's funny because the lead up wakes me up. And then, you know, once I come to, it's like, glorious. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, all right. I'm up. Perfect Please. timing. Yep. So we get, I get to the Superstore. And they're playing that damn song on a loop. But while I'm waiting, I also... See an entire family of people. I'm talking wife, husband, son, daughter, all walk out with the authentic top level belts from this. They just bought these, mind you. Yeah, I'm dead. Like a perfect nuclear family. 
it all had to, the the dad was a world champ, the mom was like a, a intercontinental champ. I think the kids had tag titles or something like that. Like it was wild, <laughs> right? <laughs> Dead serious. And if you know anything about belts and merch and stuff like that, you know those top level belts are like four hundred, five hundred dollars a piece. Yeah, they spent like thirteen hundred dollars. Oh my god, on belts that day, wild stuff. Uh. And they all had one. It was wild. I've never seen anything like it. So I go in the superstore. I think I bought myself a couple of t-shirts, and I think I bought my dad's shirt. I bought Gabby a onesie because she was only three years old at this point. She's wow. still wearing onesies. It's a onesie that says like had like the Rocks logo, like the Brahma Bull logo on the front. Mm. And on the back, on the butt part, it said, do you smell what I'm cooking? And I was like, oh, it's the cutest thing ever. I got to get it. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like $15 for that damn onesie. That's an expensive onesie. <laughs> All right. You can get five or six onesies for $15, but she I had to get it? it for my baby. Well, I, maybe. She's way too big for it now. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I, I, used, I had a shirt that was made when I was, what, four or five uh, my face on Rambo's body, and I I had that for, for I just kept it. I mean I didn't wear it, so I don't I don't know if you know she still kept it. Um, possibly I don't know. I gotta look. I don't think I have it anywhere. If it is, it's probably at my mom's house or something. I don't know, mm, but gotcha. Maybe at her at Gabby's mom's house. I don't know, but I I doubt she still has it. I definitely want to yeah, find I, that shirt. <laughs> I have me on Rambo's body. That was awesome. <laughs> my first favorite shirt. So. That's there you go. You all have to start with one, right? Yep. But yeah, I bought that for her, and uh, so I went a little, little, little crazy at the store. You know, dropped some money, gave WWE some of my money when I didn't have to. I was <laughs> reporting on the show. This is how much of a mark I was. I was reporting <laughs> on the show, and I'm here buying merch. Mind you, I never did that again. Okay, <laughs> I looked at myself. I was like, "Wow, I am such a mark right now. I should never do." But I didn't know if I was ever going to go back. You know, like right. this might be it. Now, I think the, the, the only the next year piece of merchandise I bought around that era was a CM Punk shirt, and that this was I after bought, he won the title in twenty third or uh, twenty eleven. So, yeah, I, I hadn't bought anything uh, merchandise wise around that I, I, era. I bought a knees to faces shirt, the CM Punk shirt. Remember, remember, because the Rock had boots to asses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's knees to faces. Why'd you get that? One? I don't know why I got that. Don't I got know. the one Again, where he's is... like with the lightning bolt and the fists or whatever. That's the one I got. And that's dope, but yeah. I don't know why I got that shirt. I just, I was just again knees a mark. To, you gotta stupid. wear it. You gotta wear it to like work one day. I'm not wearing that shirt, bro. <laughs> I haven't. I'm pretty sure I just threw that shirt out when I was moving. <laughs> Because I've had it for a long time. And I was like, nobody's going to wear this shit. I mean, maybe I donated it. I don't remember. But I don't have it with me now. No. Uh, <laughs> I also faces. bought. What is this? <laughs> right. <laughs> with, and it had like the Captain C on it. Because that's like a thing that he wanted to do on his shirts. Because, you know, CM Punk or whatever. But it looked like the Captain C. Like when you see on like NFL jerseys. No. We're no, not doing that. I also bought the Damian Sandow shirt. That had like the Theory of Evolution. But with instead of a man at the end, it's him at the end. I thought that shirt was kind of cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I had I poor taste, I guess. I, for, I forget that one. I thought that was a dope shirt, bro. It sounds funny, though. I thought that was a dope shirt. But, yeah, it's like, you know, it starts out as a monkey or whatever, primate, and it goes up to the man at the end. It's just him with the bathrobe <laughs> and the microphone. And its arms are like, hey. Like, I thought that was a funny shirt. <laughs> but um, that's what I did there. But then 
I still had a couple hours before the show. So I went back across the Skywalk. Because now I'm hungry. I got to go to get something to eat. So there was a subway nearby. And I actually got to, went to the subway, got something to eat. But then I met these two guys from, I think they said they were from Quebec. They were from Montreal. And they had like, French-Canadian accents. And they were talking to me. And they wanted to know where I was doing and where I was from. And they were just so happy to be there. They, they took a picture with me. Like, like, <laughs> like I don't know. I'm not a celebrity. <laughs> Like, yes, I don't, you I don't are, nobody, Ron. But Don't sell yourself. They short. took a Come picture on. with me, and they had their belt, the WWE title. They hold it up, and they, they held probably, up my credential. You're probably with them on social media somewhere. They posted that, and they're like, "We met an American or something." They did. I actually got that picture from them. It's <laughs> oh, on my nice. Facebook somewhere. <laughs> nice. They actually tagged me in that photo, and that picture somewhere on my Facebook. I gotta look it That's up. Awesome. But, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, they took a picture with me for some reason, and. uh yeah, that that was fun, and then after that, I think it was time. Oh well, actually, I'll take that back. After that, that little endeavor there, I went back to the stadium because now it's time to finally get into the building for the show, <laughs> right? So I get there, they let us in, but they're like, "All right, what are the PR people?" It's like, "All right, follow me." And we're like, "Okay, we're You're follow be a you runner." To- <laughs> <laughs> Something like. We're going to follow you to the press box, I guess. All right, dope. You know, I don't know my way around the building, so great. Thanks for showing us. No, instead, they had us walking through the concourse, like pretty much like chasing this guy. Like, you never seen like Home Alone 2, where they're like running through the airport in the beginning? That's what it felt like. It felt like I was running after, uh, uh, what's his name, Peter McAllister through the airport in, in Home Alone 2 in Lost in New York, chasing after this PR guy through the concourse of MetLife Stadium. Big-ass concourse. And they are, had already let fans in. So there's thousands of people walking by. I could have easily lost this dude. Somehow it did not. It was like a gang of us, too. It was like 30 of us, too. <laughs> like, just running through the concourse of MetLife Stadium. Uh, trying to keep up with this guy. But he finally led us to, I guess, it's MetLife Stadium's, like, press conference room? I guess. And we're all seated in there. And they had, his, they had pre-show press conferences at WrestleMania. Which was like at the time I was like, oh, okay, this is this is cool. But like, in hindsight, I was like, why the hell did they do that? This this don't make any sense. Cause this is literally like two hours before the show. <laughs> what the hell are they gonna say right then and there? That's gonna be story worthy. Like John Cena said, he's gonna win tonight. Like <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think they saw it as like throwing the media a bone a little bit, like a press conference type of setting. Cause we uh, honestly WWE still doesn't do that type of stuff. Yeah. And they definitely didn't do it back then. So I guess like, hey, media, thanks for covering us. Here's, you get to have a press conference with the wrestlers. That means nothing. <laughs> like, right. maybe after the show, but they're not going to want to do this after the show. Like, so what's the point of this? But we were sitting in this room, and, and, and we had to talk to some big names. John Cena, biggest Ooh. name. CM Punk, which he, what annoyed me about his press conference is that some guy from some small publication somewhere in New York, I think, kept calling him Phil. It's like, bro, we get it. You know his real name. Congratulations. Wow. That's you hey. use Wikipedia today. That's Congrats. Great. Good for him. Uh, I think, she, yeah, good for him. I think Seamus was there, uh, but that that guy kept calling CM Punk Phil. Actually, was like sitting next to me in the press box, and left like during the show because he had to catch a train home to his, to back home. I'm like, bro, you came all the way out here just to leave like during CM Punk. I think he left after CM Punk and Undertaker. That's loser energy, man. That's straight you up loser energy. You don't energy. do that when you're covering the event. 
Lame. Straight up loser energy. Yeah, say to the end. I remember me, and it's funny, um, I don't know if you heard of uh, Ring Rust Radio. It's yeah. a popular wrestling podcast out there. Mike there Yari, you were on there. Remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. We, we both were on it. <laughs> of course. No, you were. It seems so long ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I, I right. We the, did the, the uh, Go, yeah, Vaughn. We did the uh, the live show, yeah, at the yeah. Royal Rumble. My man, Danny, Donald Wood. Donald yeah. Wood, you know, showed that his AEW love that mark. It's <laughs> <laughs> an AEW mark. But that's my guy, Donald Wood. Shout out to Donald Wood, my guy. Uh, we still text here and there. Uh, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Can't wait to... Uh, hang out again at, at the ECW arena for for a wrestling show at yeah, some point. Lorraine Bar, Lorraine Bar. That's where uh, you yep. guys had that show. Twenty eighteen, early yeah. twenty eighteen, we did that day before Big Sunday, day of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, day of the Royal Rumble. So yeah, shout out to Donna Wood. But I also met that day at WrestleMania. I met Mike Chiari. Okay. And I remember him, me and him laughing about that after the fact. Like this dude just left during the show. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> and it kept calling the homeboy Phil. Like that's not like. All right, that's his name, but like, relax, buddy, relax. But so yeah, shout out to Ring West Radio and those guys over there. They're dope. But uh, oh, oh damn, I already forgot about that live show we did in twenty eighteen. Seems like ages ago. I know, <laughs> so long ago. Because I think we had a right. JR show that day too. Because I know we had one in twenty fifteen, but I'm pretty sure they had one. Uh, that I think you're, or maybe I'm thinking of something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard the day, night before. Maybe I, it was definitely a crazy maybe, two days. We so. did do something to wrestle the night before the Rumble. Yeah, at 2300. Right arena. after NXT. Yeah, because that's <laughs> yeah, because that yeah, because that was the day we went to Brian Isley Comedy Show, and then I left to go oh, to the NXT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went to yeah. Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson. Crazy times we were living in back then. We yeah, actually gave able to move about the city. And stuff. <laughs> exactly. I I watched NXT on my phone in my car, ate a cheesesteak from Tony Luke's while waiting for uh, NXT to get over so we could drive over to the ECW arena. <laughs> yeah. What a time. Oh, man. What a time. What a great time that was. But the WrestleMania, Eagles were about to win the Super Bowl not long after, so geez. Yeah, we, the, the next week. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> the next week. What a time, like I said. And then a couple of days later, we had a parade and stuff. It was yeah. wild. Oh, <laughs> Then you got your your ring at June at yeah. the twenty three hundred arena. Like damn, look what a time, <laughs> what a crazy time it was. <laughs> Keep saying it. What a time, bro. What a time. But it was also a time back in twenty thirteen at WrestleMania twenty nine when I finally got to that damn press box. And from what I remember, it was massive. It had a bunch of rooms in there, but they had like a um. Like a, I think there was two rooms where you can get food, like catered food. I'm pretty sure there was one for the media and one for the wrestlers. And I'm pretty sure I walked into the wrong one. Because I walk into this room and I see like Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Ted DiBiase. And I'm like, whoa, wait a second. I I, I don't belong here. But I stayed in that line though because I was hungry. <laughs> and I was in line behind Heath Slater, who's taller than he looks. <laughs> um... But yeah, I'm pretty sure I was in the wrong room at that point. But the thing that struck me about that show was that, in hindsight even, there were so many current roster guys in that room <laughs> watching the show because they didn't have a Andre the Giant Battle Royal back then to get everybody on the show. They didn't think to put a, a big kickoff show together like they do now with three or four guys, three or four matches on it and get all the people on the show as possible. This was still, this is the year, this is... The year before the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah. So people would just get left off. And eventually, on this particular show, a whole match got knocked off the show, which was whack. And that match was, 
It would have been Funkadactyls, or not the yeah Funkadactyls, right? And yeah. uh, Brodus Clay and Sweet T Tensai against the Bella Twins, Cody Rhodes, and Damian Sandow. And that match is supposed to happen, and it did not. And we'll see why when we go through this show, because WWE wasted a lot of time on this show. Yeah. They even <laughs> they had could a, have been well, dedicated to that. I match. think this is one of the first pay per views that had an hour long pre show, and. They had one match on there. They could have had. They could have put that on the pre-show. They could have had two right. matches, but they didn't do that. I, I just didn't understand it. And that one match was for the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> yeah. Wow, oh, man. I with, remember. Feelings with baby were hurt. The <laughs> babyface Miz, which was a bad idea, beating Wade Barrett, but also. Let's not forget that the United States champion also wasn't on this show, and in any capacity. Cesaro was U.S. champion. Oh my god! Nowhere to be found. Wow. He was still Antonio Cesaro at that point. Wow. Nowhere to be found. Kudos to you because I don't even think about that. <laughs> how about the How about the Divas champion? Who was she at this point? Jeez. Oh, don't know. Wasn't on this show. It's leaving whole champions wow. off the show. WWE, even though they've made the shows longer by having getting as many people on the show as possible, especially via the Battle Royals. Because they got the men's and the women's one now. It's still good for morale for the wrestlers, I think, that they get a chance to be on WrestleMania instead of sitting in the press box with me, you know, busting the grub. Like, I'd rather, it's better for them. So I'll be, I'm okay with it, even though I don't want to be up to 12 30 in the morning watching wrestling. But me neither. <laughs> right. But that's either here nor there. Right. So, anything else about your trip there before we kind of get into the show uh, itself, the I, show I, proper? I don't think I... I think I went right home afterwards. I drove home, and uh, I took off the next day, took off of work. So, I had a personal day in, uh, obviously, my first year in education. It was one of the first, maybe my first or second personal day I took of the year, of the school year. And that was also the first not i don't think it was a season opener but it might have been like the second or third game of the season for baseball where we fate we were facing a, a school that had, had we hadn't beat them in eight years <laughs> so and we played <laughs> we played each other twice a year so in the same division you know home and away each year so uh that was a huge game for me i was like pumped up for the weekend and pumped up for that monday and then i went home just so i could be a part of that and even though I had off, you know, I, I was able to sleep in, and I went to you know the game, and we wound up losing, you know, and it was it was sad, but um, I, I think I stayed after a little bit to take pictures, you know, the set. I took pictures when I got there, the set, and then you know during the CM Punk entrance and a few other entrances, and then uh, you know I went around a little bit and I took different angles uh, using my phone at the time because I didn't bring my camera. Uh, not exactly sure why. I don't even know if I had a camera at that point because <laughs> I did have I did have a digital like those digital cameras throughout the years. I just don't remember if I I brought it with me. Uh, maybe I forgot it or something because I brought like a little duffel bag with me, uh, change of clothes basically for Sunday, and then I was I was home. So I think I got home around one o'clock, two o'clock, and it was a good time. Like I, I love. There's nothing I love more than just. Taking a drive late at night, windows down, listening to music because there's like no traffic. It's great. <laughs> well, I had a long wait for a train ride home. Uh, it was like an hour or something like that to wait Jeez. for this train ride. 
but eventually made it home in one piece. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great time. It was a great time, obviously. Yeah, had I know uh, had we known each other then, I would offer to give you a ride home. I mean, yeah, but it was hectic as all hell. I wouldn't have blamed you if you said, "Nah, I'm good." Getting out of this parking lot. Uh, that's true. You know, yeah. <laughs> get up out of here real quick. <laughs> you know, but let's dig in to the show proper, right? Because we get in, we start off the show with a inspirational video package about Superstorm Sandy. Because remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Devastated the Jersey Shore back in 2012. Yeah. I had, um, you know, I started working at, uh, you know, the school in October, and this literally happened that same month. So I was kind of like later, you know, at the end of October, I was like, whoa, like, (laughs) this is nuts. School had to actually shut down for this. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And we all know we weren't the only ones. It, it affected the entire state of New Jersey and and in New York as well, um, but yeah, it was a very uh, it was a very bad time for the state for both states that that whole area. I mean, Philly, we we were spared with just a lot of a lot of heavy rain. It was really bad. Yeah, uh, it was so bad I had to work from home. Uh, they 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 told us like you know stay home, you know, make sure that everything's good there. Don't work from uh, downtown. The office is at eight hundred one Market Street in Philly. Wow. wow. So it was it was rough. It was really rough that at that point in time, and really, like you said, only a couple months before WrestleMania. Uh, but I noticed that Chris Christie was doing the voiceover of this because he was the governor of New Jersey at that time. Mm-hmm. Goofy ass Chris Christie. You know, what's funny is I didn't realize it was him until the end when he announced himself. Because God, he had to announce himself. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was him right away. That's crazy. I just. It was funny. I'm like, I'm trying to picture. I was like, oh, that's John Cena, and then I'm like, kept listening. John Cena, <laughs> and I kept listening, and I'm like, nope, that's not John Cena. That and then finally, like Cena, at the so. end, you know, he was like, this is Chris Christie. Like, I'm like, oh, I guess I, through the years, I haven't, you know, I've decided I've ignored his voice plenty of times where it, it got me this time. And by the, I, I wasn't, I, I wound up putting on the closed caption because. It it didn't. There was no delay, so it actually showed up like as they were saying it, and so that helped me to get, like under not understand but hear some things that I probably would have missed otherwise. So you know, if I had the captions on at this time, I'm sure it would have said like Chris Christie was narrating it. But at the <laughs> I didn't know it was him until he announced himself. I was like, ah, oh, John Cena, smart choice. <laughs> He's a real American, right? John Cena. <laughs> so then we get to Michael Cole, you know, introduces everybody to WrestleMania with Diddy's song, I'm Coming Home, in the background, which is actually a good song. I actually like that song. I do, too. It, it, I'm not, like, tired of it. All right, it was a, it's a good song. WWE can run some songs into the ground. <laughs> but that one, I was like, oh, this, actually, I kind of like this song. I don't, I don't mind if they keep playing this one, so... And they did. Uh, but, and they did. <laughs> it was like right. every single highlight package. <laughs> right. And th- then they introduced the New Jersey National Guard. Not the first time, not the last time we'd see the National Guard or reference to the National Guard on the show. But one thing I noticed that they didn't have like a big pyro like introduction for the show. Just like mm-hmm. that's always a dope part of WrestleMania, which they, they brought back the next year. Uh, and they used plenty of pyro throughout the show. But for whatever reason, they didn't do it at the beginning. I don't know why. 
I didn't notice. So it's pyro sauce. But what, but whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> Let me ask you this question. Once you got to your seat, though, and you kind of got a this is it. This is good to look at the stadium. Good to look at the scene. What kind of ran through your head at that point? I'm here. I just I soaked it all in, man. That was. I, w- I wasn't thrilled, you know, with the build to it. Uh, I-, I was, you know, I didn't want to see Cena rock again, but hell, it was WrestleMania, and I'm going to enjoy it. I- I'm i going to, like, make myself enjoy it because it is WrestleMania. And I had, you know, one of the times in my life, you know, while I was there. And, you know, I sat down. It might have been raining a little bit, drizzling, but, um, you know, I wore layers. You know, I don't, I don't like jackets, so... I think I wore like a hoodie and some layers and because uh, I don't want to, you know, carry stuff around with me anyway. I hate doing that. But, uh, you know, I just sat down. I wasn't going to move. You know, I, I was like, please, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to go get food. I'm not going to go get drinks because I don't want to have to go to the bathroom. I don't want to leave this seat. So, you know, obviously like pre-show, I probably did go to the bathroom. But, you know, once it started, you know, the real event started, no drinks, no food, nothing for me. I was zoned in because I didn't want to miss anything. Uh, regardless of me, you know, getting the DVD, you know, late because I don't think I even ordered this on pay per view in order to tape it. I think I was at that point where I was just going to wait for the DVD to come out. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to take it all in at once. So I had nothing to eat, no drinks. It, it was. Quite a time, quite a time. I was just soaking everything in. I was like, and I, like I said, yeah. I loved the way MetLife Stadium looks, even without like the WWE stage there. But with everything there, it was just like, man, I'm here and this is awesome. Yeah, I remember s- sitting in the press box, and I wish I could could have had a chance to like kind of take it in a little bit, but I had to set up the live chat that we had to run. <laughs> so I was kind of like. I felt like I was running late or something like that. I don't know why. I just I just remember rushing, kind of getting like situated very quickly so I can get the live chat going and all this and that. But um, but eventually I, I'm pretty sure I sat in, like looked around and just like, whoa, like. But the, here's the thing though: it's like when you're in a stadium like that in in MetLife, an outdoor stadium, you're in an enclosed press box. So as much as you're there, you're kind of still kind of slightly disconnected because you, you got they got the monitors on in there we got sound pumped in we got the actual like michael cole's like, call coming in through the speakers and you can hear the reaction happen in front of you then you hear it kind of on the, the monitors and the screens and it's the same way at football games honestly where i'm, I'm at an eagles game and in an enclosed press box uh there's they got the um you can watch the game on the monitors there but you don't have the sound you got the monitors you can look at the monitors mainly for replays of what's happening, but at least at our game, we have a guy on the microphone saying, you know, quarterback's throwing a pass to so-and-so, 12-yard gain, first down or whatever. So it's a little different, but it's still kind of the same where you can still feel the crowd and hear it too, especially something loud enough happens, like that uh, Patrick Robinson pit six in the NFC Championship. You heard that crowd in that. You you can feel and hear the crowd in the stadium shook when that happened, but WrestleMania is a little different because – not everybody's cheering for the same thing. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a little different. Uh, I liked when it was in New Orleans next year. They didn't have an enclosed press box. It's open air because you're indoors. Mm-hmm. What's the point? And it was loud in there. So, but, you know, I got, I got a chance to take it all in. And it's just it's mesmerizing, honestly. Like, it's just, wow, this is this is it. This is WrestleMania. This is a check 
this off the bucket list because I'm here. You know? Yeah, and so I thought the you know the Statue of Liberty thing on top was lame at first, but it's grown on me. You know, it, it, it's what they do now. You know, they build that thing around the ring and put something on top of it, and it's just what I they're gonna do. Was, <laughs> I thought that was dope because they hadn't done that yet. They had they had the right. canopy type of thing, yep. but they hadn't put anything on top of it. Mm-mm. That was the first time they did that. But it was weird, though, because they're in New Jersey. I know. And <laughs> Why do y'all have the Statue of Liberty and the Brooklyn Bridge as the stage? Yeah, Why is the Brooklyn Bridge the stage? <laughs> and I was like, that Statue of Liberty looks lame because it doesn't look like the real one. I don't know what made me think that. I mean, it probably did look like the real one to other people, but I, I don't know. I felt like they were do- trying too much. Like, for me, it was more like a simple as more uh thing that I liked at the time but I mean I realized why they do it and realized why they did it and clearly like I, I made a note it's almost like the first time I saw that mention New Jersey was just in that Wrestlemania logo <laughs> it's like NYNJ and they're like that was it you know I'm not even sure they mentioned New Jersey when Wrestlemania was in Atlantic City I was I didn't I didn't watch those live who, who the hell knows if they mentioned Atlantic City in those so or uh, New Jersey, I should say. So it was like New Jersey was almost like taboo. So we can't do anything New Jersey related. But then again, like what, what do you, what Jersey related are you gonna put like a landmark in, at the entrance or you know? On <laughs> I top, guess at the swamp, know? the swamp. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Or if you they're in North Jersey, I was gonna say like if you South Jersey, you could do the beach. Like I don't know. There's there's beaches in, all throughout Jersey, but I, I think South Jersey is more known for the beach. I don't know. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Uh, maybe just do big buildings. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Vampire, maybe the skyline. Who knows? Yeah, the skyline of like Trenton. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. But or they could put Trenton makes the world takes as in in, in something. I don't know. <laughs> like the slogan for Trenton. Ugh. Right. I, I All right. <laughs> Back to the show. We got Michael Cole, Jerry Bratch, John Bradshaw Layfield, and <laughs> they have morphed into one. <laughs> morphed into one not so great announcer. Uh, John Bradshaw Layfield and Jerry the King Lawler on the call. An opening match for WrestleMania 29 is three random baby faces against the Shield. That's what this was. <laughs> Sheamus, Randy Orton, and Big Show. Not Paul who? White. Who? <laughs> right. It's Paul White. You might know him as Paul White, but in a, in a former life, he was known as Big Show, just so you know. Gotcha. Uh, they were the babyface team that was sacrificed to lose to the Shield at WrestleMania. And I wrote down, the first thing I wrote down was like, what a stupid team this was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they, uh, they built it, you know, where they would get attacked and they finally came together all right. It was almost like the way... The American team was built against Team Canada, Canadian Stampede in your house where Goldust was just like, hey, we all have a a similar issue with these guys, so let's band together. That's what Seamus Randy Orton Big Show was. The the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? That's that's kind of... But it was just weird, man. They walked down to Big Show's music, and it's just bizarre to look at. Big Show was hyped. Oh, yeah, he's cussing out people and stuff like that. He was like, F you, F your mother. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. relax. Take it easy. Take it easy, Paul White. But uh, one thing I noticed about these three guys in particular was that 
they haven't changed a whole lot over the last seven years. <laughs> Sheamus has tweaked his look a little bit because he's added the Mohawk. Now he's got the Peaky Blinders look. Randy Orton hasn't changed not one thing <laughs> <laughs> about his look since 2013. I don't think that's a good thing, neither. I know Randy Orton is still like a good-looking guy, and people, he still works, you know, whatever, but everybody tweaks it a little bit. You know, Undertaker tweaked his look over the years. Jericho has tweaked his look. Uh, hell, even Steve Austin wore, like, white knee braces at one point, like gold knee braces or something. You do something different, you know? Uh, different types of gear, different colors. I know he has worn different colors over the years here and there. But for the most part, what you saw at WrestleMania 13 is exactly the Randy Orton you're going to get today. <laughs> Meanwhile, you look at the other three guys in the Shield, they all changed dramatically while they were still in WWE. Seth Rollins got new gear, got new music when he left the Shield. Dean Ambrose, the same thing. Roman Reigns didn't. He didn't change until, honestly, until last year. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> he had the same music, pretty much the same gear. He tweaked it a little bit, yeah. but pretty much the same gear. <laughs> you know, uh, he even came through. Remember, he still coming through the crowd until like 2016. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Because at yeah. WrestleMania 31, he was coming through the crowd still. So it's just like, <laughs> all right, but they. they we got to do something with changing people. Like they got to tweak different hair or something. Like it's just. I feel like, I feel like every like three or four years, because like you go around and you travel and you hit the same place multiple times a year. So by you know like it's cyclical issue, like three or four years, I think that crowd's kind of had enough of whatever type of character this person is. So uh, change is good. Change is In good. Wrestling. Change is very good. Um. By the way, for the Shield, this is all of their WrestleMania debuts. You remember they only debuted like in November of yep. 2012. Yep. And here we are, like five months later, they're at the WrestleMania in the opening match against three, all three or former world champions by that point. And here they are in the first WrestleMania match. The one thing I noticed right off the top, how much WWE has changed from their how they shoot the shows because they had so few camera cuts back then. Yep. It was like refreshing. It's like, oh, they actually let shots linger. They actually zoomed in sometimes on a guy when he's just standing there or something. It just it was so great to watch the show when it just didn't cut twenty times per second. I did have Thank an you, issue. WWE, it, it, it was better. It absolutely was better. But I did. I, th- I made a note for it later in the broadcast. I forget exactly where, but I had like a an issue with Kevin Dunn. So <laughs> okay. it wasn't all well, peaches and cream. No, and it never has been. But I just noticed that, like, when do they start doing the, the rapid cuts? Like, it's annoying. It's terrible. I'll just watch, and we talk about this on Twitter. Just watch Kofi Kingston win the WWE Championship from Daniel Bryan. And there's like 30 cuts right after he wins the match. Like, he gets to one, two, three, he sits up and goes, he, he, does, he reacts. They instantly cut away from his reaction to show people yeah. backstage. Yeah, I don't. I don't then I don't they shoot him. That. Then they shoot the fans. Then they shoot him. Then they shoot some more fans. It's like, bro, shoot him. Let it linger. Shoot the fans. You can show the, the, the locker room later. We don't have to see the locker room right away. That's what replays are for. Like, like, it's fine. Like, you watch any sporting event. They show the reactions of other... Like, let's say if Jeffrey Lurie is sitting in a press box when we won the Super Bowl, they didn't show it, his reaction right after we won the game. <laughs> they probably showed that later on. Like, yeah. Like, they don't, yeah, they don't have the to Phillies show it right the Phillies won the World Series, they didn't show they showed the individual player reactions you know 
10 minutes later it was great you know right. they focus on the celebration and you right. know they don't have to cut then, away from that even, that's what people want to see showed the dugout reaction with charlie manuel uh, you know minutes later you know they didn't cut right to him right away right. so you show what's actually happening in yeah. real time right there because that's what yeah. people want to see when they like you said when brad lidge first threw that through that last strikeout and he drops to his knees and puts his arms in the air, and then Chooch comes up and tackles him, and everybody dog piles on the, on the pitching mound. Fox's cameras were fixated on that. They might have cut to a different angle here and there, but that's all they showed. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, later on, they will show, like, on loop, like, here's Jimmy Rollins' reaction. Here's Chase Utley's reaction. Here's Ryan DeHoward's reaction. It's the same, like, you hear the ball going into the mitt, and then yeah. you hear the street ride and the fans react, and you, it's the same sound, but you just see the different reactions, and the right. guys throwing the gloves, and they're running from the outfield or whatever. That's how you do it. Can you imagine if they cut to Ryan Howard and Jimmy Rollins while everybody's <laughs> celebrating as it's happening in real time? Like right as Lidge kicks to pitch, and then you they cut right to Ryan Howard. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. What the hell? Or right after the ball hits the mitt to like strike three, and it's like Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, uh, Shane Victorino, uh, Jason Worth. Boom, 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 boom. Charlie Manuel. Like, right. Like, fan number two in section 121. <laughs> right. Random fans. Bad television, WWE, mm-hmm. and I don't know where y'all got off the rails, but y'all did it right on this night back in 2013. I don't know where they went wrong, but uh, this match was, uh, it was pretty simple. Yeah. I did have a, a favorite moment of this match, though. What's uh, that? Well, we talked last week when Paul White you know, was signed with AEW how WWE did not make him feel special at all. Mm-hmm. Dude, the Shield were beating him up <laughs> during this match. They were he was getting his ass beat. I was like, man, this just highlights the fact that he's not special. You know, he's not an attraction. He's just another guy that the Shield could beat up. <sighs> and then, yeah. you know, he rips off Dean Ambrose's vest and for his chop, and then. Ambrose tags Reigns and Reigns is in there beating up Big Show and Ambrose is taking off like his vest because the Big Show ripped it so he's taking off his vest and Reigns goes for a tag while Ambrose is trying to do that and like he completely misses it so Reigns almost like panics he's like he's like oh my god like what do I do and he's like I'm gonna hit Big Show again and then he finally goes for the tag like Seth Rollins is like dude you gotta tag him like <laughs> and I noticed hey. that for and it, it was funny I, I laughed that was my favorite moment <laughs> of the match well, like again, this match was a decent match. This is a regular six-man tag that probably could have happened on Raw or any other pay-per-view. But here we are at WrestleMania, and it's happening. Uh, pretty much, the good guys couldn't get along. Big Show was mad that Orton tagged himself in, and he <laughs> yeah. stood there while Orton got the hell beat out of him by the Shield and lost. So, <laughs> not before R- Randy Orton hit an RKO on Seth Rollins uh, when he springboarded off the off the ropes, but that was about it. But uh, they they came through the crowd for the for the match. They won and went right back through the crowd. Meanwhile, Big Show's back in the ring. He knocks everybody out. And I counted this as his 147th turn of his career. So he had many <laughs> more to go. But uh, uh, this is one of the turns. He was a good guy and left as a bad guy. That counts as a turn. So there you go. And speaking of uh, Paul White, he is currently on AEW right now. They just introduced him. He's wearing his No More BS shirt. Whoa. I'm just so annoyed. Speaking of BS, 
how about the pacing of this show? It was kind of weird. Because right after this match, we get one of like three yeah. video packages for John Cena and The Rock. Which, okay, look, it's the it's a main event. So you're going to do a video package. Usually that's reserved for right before the match, right? Okay, maybe you do one more because this is a big main event. This is The Rock and John Cena. But they did like three or four throughout the night. Yeah. Which was like, this yeah. was not necessary, y'all. That, all that time y'all put into these packages could have been that eight-person tag that I had scheduled between uh, mm-hmm. Cody and Sandow and the Bellas. Uh, Sweet Tea, Brodus, and Funkadactyls. Like, that could have been that match. Instead, we had to have multiple video packages telling us, hey, did you know the main event is The Rock versus John Cena? Did you know? Yeah, yeah, goofball, that's why we're here, bro. Like, twice in a lifetime. That's why we're here. We know. Like, you don't have to promote the main event on the show. We're here. And WWE just did it. And it, I think it messed up the pacing of the show. And they're literally... No women on the show because of that. AJ Lee is literally the only woman that I can remember being on this show. And she didn't even wasn't even in the match. She was just hanging out with Dolph Ziggler and Big E, which was an odd pairing, if I might add. But y'all messed that up, WWE. Did you need all these video packages for this one match that you've probably done video packages in the weeks leading up already? <laughs> well, I mean, at least they showed Snooki after this. Showed her, you know, in the crowd. Oh, I forgot. She's the other so, woman on the show. My bad. Yeah. yeah. So My that's bad. how that's how they got around the no woman thing. That's true. But as far as this video package, uh, I usually don't fast forward through stuff when we do the deep dives. I fast forward through the video package. I just <laughs> didn't have time for it. I don't. It's already a four hour show. You gotta sit. Yeah. You show me another yeah. video package for this, bro. Like I know when it's happening. I know it's happening tonight. You don't need to hype me up anymore. It's cool. <laughs> Like, I got other stuff to do. It's not like a boxing card where you got pretty much all night and, you know, they might do a video package or two for the main event because that's literally the only reason why you're here for most boxing cards is to see that one fight. But I want to see the other stuff too at WrestleMania. Like, I don't... All right, we get it. They're here. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> moving on to another match that probably should have been at WrestleMania. Your boy. In hindsight, it should probably should have been at WrestleMania. Uh, Mark Henry I liked the, versus Ryback. I liked it at WrestleMania. I thought it had potential. <sighs> Here you say my boy, man. But look, you were there at WrestleMania this year. Yes. I was there. Ryback was over. He was. At this point in time. Now, they did kind of screw him up with the Hell in a Cell finish, right? With Brad Maddox and all that. Mm. But... He didn't lose that much steam because by wasn't he the last guy eliminated from the Rumble too? Yeah, I totally forgot about that. But they did another in, the, in those other video packages that they showed. Uh, you know, they had Cena eliminating him to win the Rumble. So yeah, I've totally forgot about that. Right. So they obviously they obviously had they had a feeling like okay, he could be somebody, and it was working because I again I was at WrestleMania. There was a lot of Ryback shirts. There's a lot of feed me more chance. They had something. Yeah, and his entrance and the, was pretty good. I totally forgot about his entrance where he would do like that thing with his hands and then he would go more like in tune with the music. <laughs> like I, I forgot that about that. I, it wasn't bad, you know. I, I, I enjoyed it. So well, They had something. Was he a tremendous talent? No. 
But was he over? Yeah, if, if yeah. you wasn't watching the show, if you didn't think Ryback was over uh, at this point in time, and and even when he came back, when he was injured and he's off for a while, and he came back and he was doing the Feed Me More chants again, people was into that. Yeah. Like people liked that the Feed Me More stuff. But they promptly dropped the ball on this night and the next night when they turned him heel, right? Mm. Um, oh, so it was the both next times night. they dropped the ball. I'm pretty sure it's the next night okay. when they turned him heel. Yeah, I totally forget um, you know, that. But I thought the heel turn was well done, by the way, because you remember, like, the next week, they had him pretty much explain why he did what he did in, like, the vignettes. I thought that was kind of cool, but uh, they, they just I will, didn't do anything with it, you know? Um, yeah, it was it was a quick little thing. He got a couple yeah. main events out of it, and he was done. But yeah. I will say that the fans did kind of turn on Ryback during this match. They were cheering for Mark Henry. Uh, maybe because Mark Henry has built up a lot of equity over the years, and out of respect, they just cheered for Mark Henry. And that's fair. Maybe they heard this in this particular match. Because I don't remember hearing this at the time. I was in the press box. Couldn't hear every little detail from the fans. And I haven't really gone back and watched the show in detail, at least not this match, <laughs> and since that night. I don't remember people turning on Ryback, at least during this match. Not I don't remember that happening leading up, neither. But maybe WWE was like, hmm, maybe we should turn him. The fans at WrestleMania didn't like him, not realizing those are the biggest marks in the world. <laughs> you can't really base it just solely off of what they are feeling. It's got to be. He a, wasn't a having five star classics, man. He was. He, he was coming he in destroying people. The shell shock. What wasn't a high impact move, and you know that was it, man. He was lame. He wasn't lame. He was, <laughs> I'm, he was, I'm being facetious with myself. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. But. This finish was lame because Ryback got Mark Henry up for the shell shock and had him up and then just dropped him. And in the yeah. midst of dropping him, Mark Henry fell on his head, and that's how Ryback lost. This is his first mm-hmm. WrestleMania match. And he lost because somebody fell on him. And it's like, <laughs> and then after the match, Ryback got him up anyway and hit him with a yeah. shell shock anyway. It's like, that should have been the finish. Why did yeah, you I do that? do not understand that. I guess a favor to Henry is the only thing I can think of. Man, WrestleMania Mark Henry didn't do no favors. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm not trying to hate on Mike Henry because eventually <laughs> he did do. I'm not trying to hate on him. I'm just saying he didn't need the favor. He he eventually wore the salmon jacket that year, which was incredible, <laughs> right? The salmon jacket promo, still the best yeah. promo of his career easily. Yes, yes. And one of the best promos in the last like 20 years, honestly. The salmon jacket promo, I believe, the hook, line, sinker. And he was fly as hell in that salmon jacket. He was. And then he did the turn on Cena. I was like, oh, he yeah. had me. I was hooked. He could have won that lost. damn title in Philly. Right. And then he <laughs> lost to, to Cena, which is like a, a missed opportunity again. But to my point, back to my original point, Mark Henry was already a made guy in WWE. He was world champ, you know, before this. He was in the, going to be in a top position regardless of whether he won or lost this match. The reason why he got the match with John Cena at Money in the Bank wasn't because he beat Ryback at WrestleMania. <laughs> You know, it's because he had he wore the salmon jacket and he came in with the salmon jacket. I was like, Mister Man, he was like, "Yo, you so fly! I gotta give you a title match. You ain't gonna win though, but I gotta at least give you a title match." We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this angle, and it's gonna be the hottest angle that we've done in years. <laughs> hey, that was still an incredible promo from Mark Henry, but yeah, this with uh, Ryback was come on. He had all that momentum. You just squashed it. Yeah, and then you I, turned him heel. I don't understand that. They have him lose, and then just to do the shell shock after that, it made no sense to me. But 
no sense at all. Did you notice uh, how Michael Cole mentioned they both shattered the NFL combine record on SmackDown during that bench press? I heard that. I heard him say that. So, but it's like <laughs> you were, were you they, just went past. You're like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> I don't because like it's not the same exact thing. So I agree, and it's funny because so many other people probably have broken it. You know, random randomly without even you know knowing about it. Mark Henry should break the record. He's the strongest man in the world. <laughs> but the funny thing is, the record, the official record is apparently forty nine reps. Stephen Paya in twenty eleven. These guys did it fifty three times. Mark Henry and Ryback. They both did it fifty three times on SmackDown. So not exactly also, shattering the record by. Were they by actually? Four. Were they actually looking two twenty? Because it's two twenty five. Yeah, I don't looking, know. Right? Yeah, I don't know. But like, we don't know um, if they were actually lifting two twenty five. You don't want to risk one of the rest of these guys getting hurt. Right, right. Justin so maybe Ernest. Maybe don't do two twenty five. Justin Ernest in nineteen ninety nine did fifty one, but it's apparently not recognized as an official combine record. Oh. So he's from Eastern Kentucky, defensive tackle. I thought you would like that. I did a little research from my football. I, I do like and, uh, it. I do like it. I so, just know that it's not. You got, <laughs> you got Mark Henry, who's the strongest man in the world, and Ryback, who pretty much looks like he works out for a living. The combine. They broke the combine record. Man. Their, their competition is a linebacker and a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman who does not do 20, 30 bench presses all the time. Like That's not what they do. Mark Henry and Ryback should shatter that record. <laughs> By the way. That's exactly what should have happened. I'm not going to compare them to NFL football players. <laughs> I did like that angle on SmackDown. I thought it was cool. When what, Did you watch the the highlight? It was like Mark Ryback, Ryback was about to beat Mark Henry's record, and then he held it down. And he, right. And I forgot that Booker T was a general manager of SmackDown. Oh, I completely man. forgot about that. I did too. Completely wow. forgot about that. That's so... Crazy. But no, I, I didn't care. Like I said, you talk about NFL football players, which the bench press, it, it doesn't even really mean that much to the combine. Right, <laughs> like, right. They didn't compare it to like strong men because they probably, I don't know what the numbers are. It probably uh, would have be. been like 150 at least or something. Right. Maybe. I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> but you're comparing it to, like I said, D lineman, O lineman, and maybe a linebacker who are probably the strongest guys who would do it like 20, 30 times. They're not, but they're not doing a bench press every day, all day. They're not lifting for just strength like Mark Henry and Ryback does. They're also trying to be athletic too. <laughs> like bench press is not their specialty, so they should beat those guys. Just <laughs> that wasn't that impressive to me. <laughs> like I'm sorry, I don't know if they <laughs> if they had more passing yards than Tom Brady, that'd be impressive. <laughs> like like. But doing the bench press more than, I don't know, like you said, you, the two guys you mentioned, I don't even know who those guys are. <laughs> yeah, well, like, one was in uh, 99 and then the other in 2011. So Don't even know, bro. About that. Couldn't even tell you. But we follow that up with the announcers playing with a couple action figures. <laughs> the power slammers. I have no recollection of this. So this, was, that, this was cracking me up. Because why did they need to do this at WrestleMania? This and you you set aside two minutes for this. Come on, man. Come and, on, man. Flawler was like punching them, and then JBL is just hammering Rey Mysterio, cracking me up. Right. I hope he loses, Michael. I don't like Rey Mysterio. It ain't because he's Mexican, though. Because he beat me at WrestleMania, Michael. <laughs> just want to let everybody know. 
Zeb Coulter's a racist, not me. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see that later. <laughs> We're going to talk about it. <laughs> oh, my God. How did that happen? And how did we let that happen in wrestling? I don't even, know. Even, even JBL, you know, and he even said stuff, too. So it's like, oh, my goodness. Like, I feel like we're living in bizarro world that's like not that even 10 years, years ago. ago like wow it was just seven eight years ago my bad eight years yeah. ago so but then they brought out uh the special olympians yeah. which is a worthy cause you know to to recognize but it, it always felt like wwe is kind of patting themselves in the back with stuff like this like because they were joining they were doing yeah. a partnership with special olympics and this is their way of announcing it which is nice like i'm not gonna sit here and knock Anything regarding Special Olympics, anything like that, it's a worthy cause. But also, you run the risk of patting yourself in the back, too, which is always a risk anybody runs when they talk about their philanthropic efforts, right? But we know, because Stephanie McMahon said it herself, that philanthropy is good marketing. It's good branding, you know? So that's a philosophy they have. And they they bring out the Special Olympians, and I'm sure it's a cool moment for them to bring out these officials and dignitaries, and they stand on stage and whatnot. And it's a nice moment, but also you had to cut a whole match from the show because of this. Like, right? You could have did this on Raw, and it would have been fine. <laughs> you know, you had three hours of Raw. Or, I mean, it, the show didn't even go four hours. You could have stretched it out. You know, like that too. That too. Could have had that. It. You could have had that match for five minutes, and it wouldn't have gone over four hours. I think the total running <laughs> the time is, on the network is like three forty something. I know they probably edited right. some stuff out, but I don't think it went four four full hours. The entrances could have took two, three minutes. The match could have been another five. You're done. You're out of there in ten minutes, and it's perfectly fine. But, uh, but you know, shout out to all the special Olympians out there. Because yeah, yeah, David Denon and Ashley Weber. I tried to see if they won in those games, but I couldn't find any information. So it's like, damn, would've been nice. Regardless of whether they won a medal or anything like that, congratulations to them too. Yes, and all the special Olympians out there who, uh, you know. Go out there and show what they got out there. Uh, but moving on to the WWE Tag Team Championship. And it made me remember that, damn, WWE's Tag Team Division was big trash in 2013. Because Man, you're putting that lightly. All right, Team Hell No was an established tag team by this point, even though they were kind of a, still of a hodgepodge team. But they were champs for like six months. So mm. here we are. And they were hella entertaining. I give them... That much credit, too. But their WrestleMania opponent, again, they're defending the tag titles at WrestleMania, the biggest show of the year. Let me re- let me remind you, also on the roster at this point, the Usos, you know, pretty good tag team. Yeah, they're okay. They've gotten better over the years, but they're a tag team. No, their opponent is Dolph Ziggler and Big E Langston. <laughs> what? Wait, who? Biggie, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. He he lost his last name. I know he talks about it on the New Day podcast all the time. How he's lost his last name, and it's very traumatizing for him. I understand, Biggie. I'm sorry. So, uh, you know, he said when he had his last name, you know, he people saluted him and they showed him honor and dignity, and now it's just just Biggie, and it's like, damn. But that's great. <laughs> but what a weird combo for a WrestleMania title match. Like what? Yeah. Yeah, I totally even forgot Hell No was a thing at this point. And, like, were they... You said, you know, they were champions for six months, but were they, like, just starting out as a team? Like, I completely forget. 
No, they started as a team like 2012 at some okay. point. But okay. I would say by 2013, the the the, uh, the tag team by this point the tag team probably winding down. I think by okay. the summer they were done because Daniel Bryan went off and tried to win a WWE championship. Right, right, right. Oh, and then, of course by the yeah, next year, that's right, that's right. By the next year they were feuding against each other yeah. in a horror movie. So <laughs> when Daniel Bryan won the title, <sighs> damn it, came. Yeah, that was trash. It was big trash. But funny thing is about we talk about Big E Langston or Big E. This was his first match on the main roster. Mm-hmm. Was at WrestleMania. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> and he wasn't the only person in that predicament. Because Fandango was also in that predicament. Hell what, yeah. What were they doing? <laughs> what was going on here? I loved it. No build to either one of these guys as far as like winning matches. But here they are. Uh, I think uh, Fandango was on like every week though and doing something. He was. Like, no, I'm saying so as far great. as... I loved it. Winning matches, he didn't have that type of build. We didn't know what moves <laughs> he would do, nothing like that, what his finish was, but he was on TV every week. So, uh, Jerry Lawler and JBL pretty much slut-shamed AJ Lee before the match. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you noticed that. I saying she absolutely did. She, she dated everyone in the match. She's been on more manhunts uh, than the FBI. Oh, boy. Jerry Lawler, man. Always <laughs> count on him for that crap. For the terrible one-liners. I love when uh, Daniel Bryan and Kane came out and the pyro. Daniel Bryan stands behind Kane yes. covered his ears. <laughs> I, <laughs> I would literally had sa- that next in my notes. I would do the same. Me too. I would do the same damn thing. <laughs> I hate that pyro. Stands there, it's too loud. He covers his ears <laughs> while Kane does his pyro. They were really funny together. I think people forget how funny Team Hell No was together. And the little things that they would do to yeah. play off each other. Just like I said, Daniel Bryan standing in the ring. Covering his ears while Kane does the pyro. And then Kane, who was always a super serious character, also bringing out his humorous side to make this thing work. And they would do the hugs in the ring and stuff like that. Yeah. Team Hell No was pretty funny. Yeah. I did enjoy them. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> that was pretty much it from this match. I mean, <laughs> well, I will say, Daniel Bryan was clearly over. Like it was mm-hmm. obvious, like people were into Daniel Bryan, and it was really just a matter of time before he broke away from the tag team and started doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. It took him a while, <laughs> yeah. But there was a point though with Daniel Bryan. You can see it in this match where he was running around the ring like nobody's business. He was having the best match every single week on Raw and SmackDown. Like his comeback was the thing to watch in wrestling. And I think that's part of the reason why people got behind him so much because his comeback was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see it here. And the paint, people, like I said, the people were with him all the way through. You almost forgot that Kane was there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just Daniel Bryan coming out with Kane's music some, for some reason. You know, uh, did you notice in the beginning of the match, they kind of uh, did a little throwback, a little... Uh not foreshadowing. What's the flashback? There you go. Wow. Look at me. Um, <laughs> to the previous year when uh, Sheamus beat Daniel Bryan in like 18 seconds. They had Dolph Ziggler get a kiss for AJ. And then <laughs> Bryan kicked him and they did like a near fall and everything. It was kind of like a throwback to, to that previous year. Well, I, I dug that. I couldn't. I couldn't miss it because Michael Cole <laughs> was like... <laughs> That was what happened last oh, year. Oh, I thought that was subtle. Did you see that? I thought that was subtle. Did you see oh. that? That's the same thing that happened last year. You're taunting him now. Like, <laughs> okay, we get it. We get it. I, and we it's get funny because it. I, 
I didn't realize it was an 18 seconds. I thought it was like a nine seconds. So uh, they, they actually, they're undercutting Daniel Bryan a little bit when they talk about that match. <laughs> oh, no. It's 18 seconds, man. I talked about earlier how much a lot of guys in WWE haven't changed since 2013. We can add Dolph Ziggler to that list. Oh, my God. <laughs> he... I don't Nothing get it. Nothing has changed about Dolph Ziggler since I do not uh, get it. 2011. He does the same entrance. He has the same music. He pretty much kind of wears the same type of gear. I mean, he wears long pants now instead of trunks. He has the same type of hair. He does a lot of the same moves. <laughs> and he's still pretty much in the same spot. Except, well, I will say he was Money in the Bank, Mr. Money in the Bank at this point. And he won the world title the next night, which didn't last too long because he had a concussion. They had to drop it. But. What has changed about Dolph Ziggler in the last eight years? His, uh, I mean, the way he wears his hair sometimes. He'll have it down sometimes. He'll have it up sometimes. So there you go. There it is. There it is. By the way, you see his brother, oh, his brother is an AW, right? Ryan mm-hmm. Mammoth. He, he look, they, they look so alike, by the way. It's crazy. Sometimes I literally think I'm watching Dolph Ziggler with a haircut when I like That's funny. can't like look at AEW. But uh, interesting. <laughs> the funny thing is that his tag team partner this night has had a very drastic trans- transformation since 2013, when he was this very very serious and stoic big man who they treated like a very big strong man that when he first came in like oh my god he took Kane's hand from around his throat I've never seen a man this strong before to yeah, three rib they, breakers crazy right in a row it's a big strong man obviously but <laughs> he went from that to like being like a largely forgotten person on the roster to New Day where he just let all the silliness out all the personality that he has out for everybody to see and he's become way better for it. And now he's Intercontinental Champion again, but he's still the same person he pretty much was in New Day. Not much has changed about him or how he, his entrance or his gear. It's pretty much the same guy still. And that's just what he's going to be, like himself, which is dope. But again, he's changed his gear, music, and stuff like that. Dolph Ziggler, nothing. <laughs> like. <laughs> I don't know if, if WWE should have to force these guys to change something or if that's a Dolph Ziggler thing. Maybe he's wanted to change something and they didn't let him. Most guys, they tweak or something. Like even like The Miz, who looks virtually the same, but he changed his hair a little bit. He got different attire. Uh, remember he was wearing like the hoods for a while with like Damian Sandow. Now he's wearing different types of gear over the years or whatever. It's just... You gotta tweak it. You gotta change something, man. It's been eight years, and I really don't notice any difference between Dolph Ziggler in 2013 and Dolph Ziggler in 2021. But mm-hmm. to me, that's a problem. To me, that's a problem. Some looks stand the test of time, and a lot of others don't. So even Hulk Hogan changed slightly, tweaked his look. He, he would wear yellow and red. Then he wear red and yellow and long pants, NWO, something, like <laughs> anything. I often wonder if it's his own doing. Or if, you know, they're just not interested in changing anything about right, him. Right, that's not... It's, you know, they change other people, though, so that's why I don't understand it. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if they've approached him about changing something. He's just like, nah, I'm good. Like, yeah, he's c- I, I... content from with where he is. And 
He just doesn't want to do anything. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I could be completely wrong. I, mean, I probably am, but it, it, you go that long without, like, a tweak, and I feel like it's more than just, you know, WWE not letting him. Because <laughs> then he wouldn't be there, in my opinion, but it is what it is. It is what it is. That's pretty much his match. It was a decent <laughs> match. Nothing special. Good guys won. It is what it is. Moving on. <laughs> to, like we said Fandango. earlier, Fandango. Fandango. I love it. In his very first match in WWE, or at least as his character, Fandango's first match. Got a great entrance. And, and also his WrestleMania debut. Of course, like you said, he got a great entrance. But I wrote here, what a stupid match for WrestleMania. <laughs> well, no, they built it up well. I liked it. Man, get out of here. <laughs> this was on WrestleMania? Yeah, it was Fandango's big debut. Bro, this it's is Chris a Jericho. match. Nah. This is a No Mercy match. Nah. This is you not see that a WrestleMania drop. match? He had a hell of a leg drop off the top rope. You have to feature him. I'm surprised it wasn't the main event. All right, now I know you're joking. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't about that, but I enjoy I enjoyed this because I I liked the build up. Um, it was one of the, like a, di- a different WrestleMania match, but it was like a grudge between Jericho and Fandango, as you know. Man, it, a grudge. It it, well, there was. It was a grudge because Jericho purposely butchered Fandango's name, which Fandango <laughs> took offense to for some reason. It's not Fan uh, Fan yeah. Booty. It's Fandango. Fan- Fun dung hole. <laughs> that was my favorite Fun one. Fun dung hole. <laughs> but seriously, like, it was great. I, I enjoyed it. It, it was, it was, it was great yeah. because it was something as little as mispronouncing the name to piss him off that much to like attack him. I was like, hell yeah, man. No, <laughs> not buying it, bro. Not buying, not buying no. it. No, 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 no. no. It's nothing and again, nothing is Fandango. Joel B just hit a great three. Stuff. Joel B just hit a three to force overtime against Utah. That is crazy. Nice. Nice. Utah, beat oh, Utah. Man, that's awesome. Utah's been rolling. Utah's been rolling too. We can right. beat Utah. Let's do it. But Fandango's done some great stuff over the years. He's a great worker. And he's done, like I said, him and Tyler Breeze, great pairing. They've done some great stuff in NXT on SmackDown. All that stuff. I'm all for that. But a one-on-one match with Chris Jericho at WrestleMania without any like I know you said they had they had a build up, but there wasn't that much of a build up. I liked it. It was different no, for me. No. In hindsight, Fandango got a one-on-one match with Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. I, I gotta look I gotta look at those raws leading up to this. No, you don't. Before I make a decision on whether it was nope. warranted as a WrestleMania you match. Don't. Or not. It's not warranted, bro. You <laughs> can't tell me it was. There's nothing you can say to convince me otherwise. Or it was, it was, how desperate was it. WWE for new we, talent we, at this point? We watched it happen on WrestleMania, so it was a WrestleMania match. Uh, yeah, technically it was, but it wasn't worthy. I'm sorry. It was I, great. I don't mean to you can't call him Fan Dunkhole and get away with it. Could have got away with it at Backlash. <laughs> Did they even have Backlash back then? They didn't, so it could have been like uh, over the limit. I don't know. <laughs> 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 or. Um, uh, what was another one? Break not breakdown. <laughs> what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't know what the t- 2013 pay per views yeah, were. Yeah, uh, don't that's they, matter. That's why they introduced payback, I believe, 2013. So might have been payback. Payback for messing up my name. Whoa, you got it. There you go. Payback's a great pay per view name, by the way. 
Ah, it's all right. It's not as good as Backlash, but it's good. No. That's what no, it should be that a September pay per view for SummerSlam. Payback. Come on. Yeah, Backlash after Rania, and then you have Payback after SummerSlam. Payback. Whatever. <laughs> but the funny thing is about this match is that it wasn't even what Jericho wanted. Because apparently Jericho wanted to face Ryback at WrestleMania. And I think Vince even told him, like, yeah, you're going to do Ryback. I don't know if that was actually what happened, but all I don't know Jericho wanted to face Ryback, which would have been a much bigger match because Ryback was on a roll. Jericho's a big star. Ryback could have beat Jericho. And off he went. And Jericho loses nothing from it. Mm. Instead, Vince gave him Fandango. <laughs> right? And Jericho had to get him over in like a month without any matches. <laughs> then apparently Jericho got mad again because he didn't know that even though he's facing him, he didn't know, like, I, I got to lose to him too? He's like, yep, <laughs> you got to lose. And, you know, even though Jericho wasn't happy about none of this, apparently he got paid a lot of money to do it. So it's like, all right, well, you know, it's not too bad, I guess. But it got me to thinking. I know we've said a lot about Jericho over the last couple months or whatever about how much of a goofball he was or he has become I should say uh, but his most recent run in WWE I guess if you go from 2012 till when he left in what 2017 it was WWE dropped the ball multiple times to Jericho oh well multiple times <laughs> no no I mean <laughs> that's a fair statement oh well but come on at the at the time, I'm we didn't know any disagree. of this about Chris Jericho. I'm not, not going to disagree with you, but oh well. <laughs> I'm just saying, we didn't know anything about this, all this about Chris Jericho. In hindsight, yeah, it's like, oh well. But at the time, it's like Chris Jericho was a six-time world champ, future Hall of Famer. He's a big star. He's well, coming so- back. And then they put him in with CM Punk. That match fell short of expectations, right? Then they had him do the Fandango stuff. That went nowhere, Right. Then they try to do the Bray Wyatt stuff. That went nowhere. He just took himself off TV. He's like, I'm just going to do house show matches from now on. Like, I'm done with the... He did that for like a year. <laughs> he was just doing house show matches just for fun, right? I don't even want to do TV. I don't want to get the hand at the terrible creative of having to face Fandango at WrestleMania anymore. I don't want to do this. You're just squandering me at this point. I'm a bigger star than this. I don't blame him for feeling that way, okay? I will say they got stuff right with... Him and AJ Styles, and him and Kevin Owens, which easily some of the best stuff he's done in WWE when yeah. they were partnered yeah. up. And then the turn, and then the list of Jericho came out. The list of Jericho was over, big over. Yeah. yeah. You just made the list, and he write it down and all that. That was stupid. Got his own. But it was clipboard. really funny. Loved right, it. the clipboard. He'd walk out with it with the pen. You just made the list and write it down real fast for that. And it was really funny. Like I thought it was really funny. <laughs> The scarves, he'd wear the scarves, yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. The scarves are ridiculous. The light-up jackets were ridiculous. Um, and, of course, the Festival of Friendship was one of the best segments in Raw <laughs> in, like, years. Like, classic, classic segment. But, again, everything else that happened was pretty much a waste. And the and, and Dean Ambrose stuff. Remember that? When they had uh, the, the, the Sane Asylum match? And they had yeah. the they, he the potted plant Mitch was like a, a person on the show essentially like <laughs> yeah. like it was just they just could, they could have done so much more with him at that point when he was still in his prime well not I'm not in his prime but he was still able to go out there and work with at a top level 
and you're still a you know a, a, a relatively new face that people had not really new face but a face that people hadn't seen too often come back with WWE like that new nostalgia was still there when now we see him every week on AEW and it's clearly not in his prime anymore <laughs> he's past it now which everybody gets to that point so it's not really a knock it's just he's just not there anymore where in 2012 to 2017 he was still in that prime area and he, they just squandered it left and right yeah yeah I mean the I that whole thing with Kevin Owens could have easily been a title program. It was supposed uh, to be. Well, I mean, I Apparently, understand why they went with the way they did. I mean, it was supposed to be Kevin Owens and Jericho at WrestleMania for the Universal yeah. Title, and instead it became Goldberg and Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title, which is great. You know, that was a great. It match. was fine. It was fine. That, that doesn't need a title though. That's the thing. They put. These the, big no, mega matches together, they think, don't need titles. I, th- I don't think either of them did. Like, you could say that about Goldberg Lesnar, and I agree with you, but I don't mind that it was for the title. But you could also say the same thing about Owens and Jericho. I thought the story was so I, great that it didn't even need the title. I know it would have meant more, I guess, because everyone loved Kevin Owens. But I don't know. I just, I love both it, equally. They, they gave it a title, too. They gave it a U.S. title. <laughs> they had the U.S. title at WrestleMania, so the, clearly really? they thought they needed a title. Yeah, that was a U.S. title I did, match. I do not remember that at all. I'm who, pretty sure that was a U.S. Title? title match. Was Kevin Owens a U.S. Kevin champ? Owens? Who did Kevin he beat? Owens a champ? I don't remember. He, so he beat someone after he lost to Goldberg. From what I remember, that's what happened. I can that's look crazy. it up real quick, but I'm pretty sure that was a U.S. title match, bro. Wow. Well, then that might change my recollection of everything and my opinion because. To me, it, uh, I was like, okay, they took yeah. the title off. Goldberg, or Chris Jericho Goldberg. was a champion. I don't know who Chris Jericho would be for the title. Was he the champion? Chris Jericho when was a he champion. He got attacked. Was he still, or did he Do win it after? Wow, that's interesting. I totally Do not forgot recall, about that. Chris Jericho was definitely the, the U.S. champion going oh, into that wait, show. Didn't, didn't they beat like Cena together or something? And he got maybe he got the pin or something maybe wow, yeah I'm maybe or something like that. this is how bad I, their creative's been I yeah don't remember I don't, this. yeah I'm, mm, was seen a u.s champ at that point no it was roman reigns maybe oh, roman reigns right. it might have been reigns yeah i think roman reigns was yeah, champion I mean, yep. u.s champion you're right <laughs> so, i think yeah. it was like a handicap match that's how bad him. it was yeah. at that point so bottom line they dropped the ball with chris jericho and yes that was the u.s title match at wrestlemania <laughs> In 2017. So, again, they gave it a title, but not the title. But uh, the only note I had about this match was that Fandango, that character, never had legs. It was cool for a little bit, but it always going to have a shelf life. At least not have legs as, like, on its own as a top guy, which is what I guess they had the plans for because he beat Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. Yeah, he had a nice leg drop off the top rope. Like, he He did. That did look good, look smooth. Um, I thought, you know, because of that, you know, like maybe, hey, he was safe. He made it look good. They had, you know, high hopes for him. But, yeah, ultimately fizzled out on the main roster. But I, I was a fan the of the character. I, I didn't I – didn't, I, this is one of the things that, that actually liked in this era. You know, I'm, I guess I'm against the majority, but I did enjoy fan, Fandango. I, I got right back. You got Fandango. Yeah, there you go. We all have our things. Um, we move on to they sort of recap. Like I said earlier, Can you uh, imagine fans being at the Wells Fargo Center right now. By the way, they just the they, Sixers just beat the Utah Jazz in overtime. 
It would have been Look, man. epic. Sixers are a good team. Yeah. We're a good team this year. You're listening to The Straight Shooters, featuring Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone, giving you the best and worst in the world of professional wrestling past and present. The Straight Shooters podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, the Radio.com app, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You can become a patron of The Straight Shooters for only $2 per month by signing up at patreon.com forward slash shooters radio. You'll get exclusive content never before heard from two of the best. You can also listen to classic episodes of The Straight Shooters at shootersradio.com. Move on to The Miz. <laughs> the recap of The Miz yeah. beating Wade Barrett and the pre-show for the Intercontinental Championship. Again, babyface Miz. With the figure four. Like... With the figure I four. I totally forgot about that. He was using the figure four as a finish for a while. Um, <laughs> what a time this was. Then we get another Rock and Cena <laughs> video package. I fast forwarded through this too. Wow. Well, this, this one was mainly, I am one of the millions of Rock's fans. And it was uh, a lot of people doing Rock's catchphrases. You know, a lot of fans around the world doing the Rock's catchphrases. So it was kind of entertaining, time. but. No time. <laughs> Sorry. I got stuff to do, WWE. I don't need to re- be reminded about this. I know. <laughs> Play this on Raw, bro. This don't have to be on WrestleMania. Well, uh, hey, they had a performance. They did. Which, Next. Which again, that's also, also Yes, that's also a time-consuming thing, right? With Diddy performing all the hits, Right? And I, sh- I know some people may not be fans of rap music or hip-hop or whatever, so they're like, oh, whatever. But me, as a fan of hip-hop <laughs> and rap, I like those damn songs. Yeah, I don't care. I, I do, too, and I liked this performance. I I don't remember exactly being there, like, or when I was there live. Like, I was just kind of sitting there. I, I didn't even move for this, so. Right. Um, I, mean, I was just all sitting there. The I was enjoying it. I liked I'm Coming Home. That was my favorite song out of all the ones he you know, sang. It was like a Wait, med- what? It was like a medley. Yeah, yeah. That was a favorite song. Out of yeah. I mean, I know. Listen, listen, Nick. Listen. Don't do this, Nick. He played all about the Benjamins, bro. He did. Every time he I did. say what we're gonna do, my girlfriend says wanna be ballers, shot callers, bro. Like every time, and it's okay, annoying, but, but she does I, it every time. But I don't. He do did. That. <laughs> he did the. He did the. More money, more problems. P O P P Yeah, more money, more problems. I forget the name of the song. B O P P N. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Did you? Don't 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 Nick. Don't butcher them <laughs> lyrics like that, bro. <laughs> don't do that. Hold up. I gotta if you think out. if you think people are gonna come <laughs> your for dog's your, your dog, me. my dog, oh, my dog heard you, bro. Don't do it. Don't do it. He did. Uh, did he do victory too? He did victory. He did. Come on, bro. He did. he did. Bro. What? He did victory. All right. I I got. Skylar Gray looked good. She she looked good as well. Yes, she looked yeah. good. But I, I know the music. Moving on to the World Heavyweight Championship. Wait, 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 wait. I know the musical performances do take up time, but at, at a show like WrestleMania, to me, that's I I give WWE more leeway for something like that than a million video packages. 
Like, I just, there's no excuse for the video packages. The musical performance, it does take away time. I get it. But it's part of the pomp and circumstance of yeah, the show. Yeah, they could have like, done the video packages during the pre-show if they needed that many. During the right. pay-per-view where people have already ordered. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. Right. Like, it's not necessary. The musical performance, again, that's just part of the it's like halftime show at the Super Bowl. You don't necessarily need it, but it's part of the package now. Like, If it happens at WrestleMania, I'm not mad at it. Right. It's like, it's a nice little intermission. If anything, it breaks up the monotony of yeah. the show because yeah, sometimes like, these shows can be really long. Yeah, it's this inter- is, if you're they not used a fan, to have intermissions on their old pay-per-views. They would actually uh, put up a, and I remember because I taped it, they would put up a, a the, like the SummerSlam logo or something, be like, intermission, we'll be back in five minutes or something like that. And then they had a countdown clock. And right. then they would come back to like promos backstage and whatnot. So if, um, if you're not into they don't do Diddy, that anymore. They have like a performance like this. If you're not into Diddy, if you're not into hip hop or rap or anything like that, this is a good time for you to go get something to eat, go to the bathroom. There you go. I think it's if anything, it's good to break up that the time. Like I said, it's like an intermission. So that's just my opinion. Yeah. But now we move on, <sighs> man. Oh man, <laughs> we to can, the let's world skip past this one. <laughs> to the world heavyweight yeah. championship, Alberto Del Rio defending against Jack Swagger, and I. I was watching wrestling at this time. Now, I'm only 24, so I'm not mature enough yet to know what the hell was going on. Apparently, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't either, and I'm, you know, what, three, four years older than you? So Yeah, I think it's just a different time in our country where we just apathetic to politics. Yeah. And now we're not, and I don't think that just goes for people our age. I think a lot of other people are the same way, even younger than us. And I think people just more aware of certain things because I completely forgot just how racist and xenophobic Zeb Culture and Jack Swagger were on TV back in 2013. Yeah. Just eight years ago. Holy hell. It hit it because this is also on a time with the Tea Party. I don't know if you recall that. I do remember yes. that. Yes. Back in like 2012, 2013, after Obama got reelected and the Tea Party rose up for a little bit and people called them crazy. But I guess Vince saw that. It's like, that can make some money on TV because it's so wild and ridiculous that no one would actually believe these are real people. They just boo them and they're villains, but not, you know. But there are people, well, he didn't realize that there are people who actually align with that line of thinking of them and. And being essentially a white nationalist racist. Like, that's what they were. <laughs> Cutting promos with the don't tread on me flag behind them, which is an, also a sign of, like, I know some people say it as, like, they don't want, they want less government, but those same people also align with racists, typically. Like, not all of the don't tread on me people are racist, but a lot of racists are don't tread on me. It's like, like it's just yeah. how that kind of goes like basically it just so happens they're also racist and they call themselves real americans that sounds familiar because uh, our former president used to call people patriots <laughs> like yeah. oh the patriots and all that and then you have jack swagger's ankle lock it's called the patriot lock and all this stuff and it's just like damn you talk about mexicans they take and come here and take our jobs and it's just like he insulted me by wow. saying italian and not Italian. Right. It's I called Italian. Italian. So they were also racist against Italians. And 
It's like, what is it, you Aryan Brotherhood? Like, what is this? You're part of the master race? Yeah, I was watching this, and I totally didn't even, like, I don't know if I zoned out while I was there live, just listening to this, but I did, do not remember him saying Italian, so when I was watching it, you know, I was like, wait, Italian, man, get out of here. <laughs> it's just, it's just wild. But it, it, like, it is, and there's no doubt in my mind Trump believed Vince McMahon was killed in a limo explosion, right? <laughs> he probably believed <laughs> he every single damn thing Zeb Coulter was saying here. Because he was there he that Zeb night. Spawn, he went into Hall of Fame. <sighs> I totally forgot about that. Listen. <sighs> this line of thinking at the time was seen as like a small subsect of the population. Those are the crazies. Yeah, we're not like them. Yeah, we we might align in some ways, but for the most part, those people are crazy. They live in backwoods and they are part of militias and they are crazy. They'll never be a threat to society because mm-hmm. they're crazy. Not realizing that those people out there and those numbers grew over the years of these types of people, and they were all at the Capitol January six. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They were all at the Capitol January 6th. All the people who think, don't tread on me, which means don't, you know, less government. They were all at the Capitol. But it's funny. Those same people are the ones who also go back of the blue. It's like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? And then they get mad. Now they got mad when the cops is like, hey, you're destroying property. You got to get arrested now. <laughs> yep. Hey, you're breaking curfew. Time to go to jail. And they're like screaming at the rest of the cops. Hey, you're, we're on your side. It's like, yeah, they were oh, like, man, well, why didn't you do that to, you know, Black Lives Matter destroying businesses? They did. Oh, my God. <laughs> they did. They have no it's shame. Just wild. They have no shame. This was on TV. This could never fly. This was this was bad back in 2013. Is is. Hundred times worse today because what everything that's happened, obviously yeah. Yeah. everything that has transpired. I mean, and it's crazy that they, they were on TV during Obama's administration. Mm-hmm. We had a black man in office and to talk about them and the Mexicans and the it- Italians and all that stuff and taking jobs away from real Americans. And I understand that WWE did make them bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the same people, there are people out there who. Agree with how him. many people and they, could you hear in the crowd when he goes, We the people? There were a lot of them, and that was a catchy catchphrase back then. People said that pretty much throughout Jack Swagger's yeah. time in WWE after this, especially when him and Cesaro was a tag team and they were the real Americans, yeah, yeah. which is wild to think about now. It's like, Oh my god, I like that team, <laughs> they were a good team, yeah, they were actually a really dope team together outside of the gimmick, they were a dope team together, and they would get in the ring and go, We the people, and everybody would cheer and all that and it's like what the hell why did we do this what was wrong with us but at least jack swagger again was a villain but again there are many people who vote along the same lines as Vince McMahon who agree with everything that zeb Coulter was saying mm-hmm. and wwe knew they were messing up because they would put disclaimers in front of every one of yep. zeb Coulter's promos they did on this show they knew they were messing <laughs> it up right they knew that this was this was bad. This was real bad. They had to put a disclaimer in front of the promos. Hey, this is the only the views of Yep Step Coulter and Jack Swagger, not of WWE. They knew it was bad. 
It's just it wasn't so just a, these people. It wasn't just a pro wrestling angle anymore at this point. No, no. And again, when it was a wrestling angle back then, it was just like, oh, these are just the crazies. But yeah. those crazies became normalized by Donald Trump, and the numbers grew. And they're thinking about as we record this on March third, they worried about March fourth being another day where they might do something at the Capitol. They got extra National Guard people down there right now. Mm. As we record this, just hoping that something doesn't happen, waiting for something to pop off and they'll stop it. Mm. It's just it's really bad. It's really bad in hindsight. Like I'm surprised it's still on the WWE Network. Bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like considering what we have gone through. Uh, in the last, I mean, since 2016, honestly, so we're talking five years, yeah. and still going on to this day, it's real, real, real bad. Whew! God damn, it was bad. I, I'm not. I, I'm actually surprised Trump wasn't out there with them. <laughs> he might as well uh, have been, I right? Mean, you know, listen, I'm watching this. I'm like, wow, this is bad. This obviously reminds me of Trump or whatever, and I'm not. You know, I didn't go to Wikipedia for any of this or this time for any results or whatever. I'm just watching it to watch it. And once they introduced the Hall of Fame class, I'm like, holy effing, you know what? I was like, I did not realize. I just completely forgot that Trump was elected to the Hall of Fame this same year. So I can't, can't, can't script it. You just can't. I mean, you can. Obviously, it's WWE, but. And, and life, you can't script that. It's just incredible. Yeah, what? A, man, it's so wild, bro. Like, it's really crazy. Like, I was in, uncomfortable watching it, knowing it happened eight it was years ago. It so bad. Uh, knowing that I, it's just part, part of a rest, like a pro wrestling angle, whatever, but holy crap. <laughs> and it was funny. I was watching it next to my girlfriend. I was like, you want to see something wild that was on WWE TV? Like, eight years ago? And I showed it to her. She's like, oh, my God, it's just outwardly racist. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, like that's what they were doing. I mean, it was that bad, bro. Like, if you if you want to see some racist stuff on WWE TV, go back and watch these promos from Zeb Coulter. It's trash. And it's and I've always been of this the thing of of the mindset like you there's there's a lot of ways you can get heat from a in a story or from a character, mm-hmm. but there's some lines you don't cross. Mm-hmm. And they crossed it with this they and did. race with racism. I don't think you should do those. That hits nerves with. Specifically, black people, but even, other races even as well. If but the story at the real. end is the Mexican winning. You still don't do it at this point. Like it's right, not. No. It's not a good story. It's not a feel good story no. that the the Mexican overcomes racism. Like right, the racism yeah. still exists, and the racism exactly. doesn't end because Alberto right. Del Rio beats Jack Swagger. <laughs> right, the racism exactly. continues in real life. Exactly, and it's not like people are going to learn the lesson of. Oh, the Mexicans are cool too, and they can do whatever they they can have the same freedoms as white people. It's like no, the racism will continue. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. You just leave this stuff alone, WW. They haven't really touched it too much in over the years, but this was overt, <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and and they were and then their goal was to get a lot of heat. And I get it. You want to get heat because it's hard to get heat nowadays. Heat can draw you money, but there's some things you don't have to do. You don't touch racism, and it was wild because. Jack Swagger was probably going to win the belt this night until he got hit with a DUI. Mm. Do you remember that? I Now I vaguely remember that. And I, I do remember thinking that he was going to win the title. So when did that happen? Uh, how, how long before it this? It happened before WrestleMania. It happened in February. Okay. 
And uh, do I do vaguely remember this now? <laughs> now this was after like the brand extension ended, by the way. So I'm tr- yeah. I'm trying to remember like, okay, which show was which? Like SmackDown was just an extension of Raw at this point. So whatever, like I'm I'm trying to remember certain things. Like I totally forgot that Mark Henry Ryback thing happened on SmackDown. That weight, that bench press thing. So yeah, with this, you know, I totally forgot Jack Swagger was arrested before this. <laughs> yeah. And that I remember actually being at work. Uh, I was at work, and I I think I got an alert or something. I was like, "Oh man!" Like, because I like Jack Swagger at that point. Think like knowing it was just a character he was playing, right? <laughs> Not so fast, but uh, you know, at, at that point, you know, that I was just like you. What you said, like, not mature enough to really understand yeah. the real life politics of the situation, even though it's entertainment. <laughs> Um, so yeah, right. I was like, oh man, Jack's, I wanted Jack Swagger to win. Like I, he would have been a good heel champion, but <laughs> yeah. And it's not Crazy. just us. It's how this is reported. Like you look in the story, I'm reading the story from NBC Bay area about Jack Swagger and his mm-hmm. arrest. And they talk about his like career. Like, oh, he started out as this cocky heel, but then after a six month hiatus, Swagger returned in early January with longer hair and a beard under the guise of a man whose goal, main goal is to keep immigrants out of the United States, which is ridiculously oh racist God. already and xenophobic as part of his character repackage he also renamed his signature leg leg his signature ankle lock was renamed the patriot lock it's like they didn't even mention the fact that it was like overtly racist it might hit a nerve it's just like yep that's just his character and this is how we felt back wow. then wow. it's just how it was we just didn't even really dig into it today totally different right totally different today but this match is not really worth going over because, you know, Del Rio won, and I put it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Oh wait, because <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it a couple weeks ago how I think it was during the uh, Extreme Rules show we did in 2011, I believe it was that show, uh, the deep dive on mm-hmm. uh, just all the stuff that Alberto Del Rio has gotten himself into over the years, and how he's going to jail probably for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to hear that rap sheet, that's a mile long. Go back and listen to that episode. It's in the archives. But uh, yeah, this match, wow. For, between Jack Swagger's and Zep Coach's racist-ass gimmick and uh, the, the real-life monster that Alberto Del Rio is, this is another one that WWE might want to strike from the tape. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, that's... <sighs> strike from the record books. Even... even This is bad. You know... JBL's line in the beginning where uh, Jerry Lawler said, Zeb Coulter is an equal opportunity offender. Is there anybody he didn't offend? And JBL or uh, Lawler even goes to JBL, you're not the they that they say, are you? <laughs> you know, and Jesus. did you notice that? I did. I did notice JBL say that, oh, oh yeah, Zeb is just using his freedom right, of speech. Yeah, he has right to say, yeah. we have freedom of speech in this country and everybody loves it until you actually use it. BS. Oh that's God. not that's not what you what it means, bro. You can yeah, yeah. you have the right to say it. And the that don't mean I don't is, have you have the right to be ridiculed right. and judged because of it. Right. And companies can do whatever they wish, you know. That's yeah, they're you can all say it companies. all you want. You don't get arrested for saying it. <laughs> that's yeah. not the case. You don't get arrested right. for it. Right. It's not against the law to say it, but you can lose a job. Exactly. And I I can Say something. I can respond and say you're a piece of trash for saying it, <laughs> but you can say it. It's not illegal to say it. You don't go to jail mm. for being a racist who calls somebody else, you know, the n word or whatever. But mm. you, you're gonna lose a job over it, though. <laughs> yep. 
lose your paycheck, you're you're fired. Yep. Um, and many people have lost their paychecks over that. During this little back and forth with Lawler and JBL and Michael Cole, <laughs> he 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 completely changes the subject. There's fireworks going off in the background when Alberto Del Rio entering, and <laughs> Michael Cole's like, "It looks like the Fourth of July over the East River." Oh, boy. Like, now we got a yeah. America's independence, huh? Like what? Like what? Yeah, <laughs> they weren't even red, white, and blue fireworks. Just, like, what is Michael they, Cole talking about? I know about? they wanted Del Rio to be the Mexican superstar, but you can get him over in a different way. Besides, you know what's crazy? Making him go up against a guy who hates immigrants. They did the same thing with JBL and Eddie Guerrero too. Remember, yeah, Eddie, yeah. JBL chased immigrants back across the yeah, border. Holy yeah, hell. He, and he did the Nazi salute in Germany. Like he was, he did what? Whatever. He did that? Yeah. Oh, I did yeah. not know. That's you, no, that that's heat big. in Germany too. I know, I know. And Germany, you can get arrested for stuff like that. Yep. There was a big, big issue with that uh, back then. I think it was a, a tag match because he was on the apron and he was what? doing it. Yeah. I have no recollection of this. Yeah, I mean, I there was like grainy footage of it. I don't remember where I saw it, if it was on YouTube or something. But yeah, it was uh, some house show in Germany when they were touring. And uh, not, great. <laughs> not great. And obviously, I, th- I don't think he knew at that point, like how he was just, you know, in it for the wrestling heat. And yeah, not great. Not great, JBL. Mm-mm. Oh my God, this happened in 2008. Oh, wow. He did that in 08? I thought it was during the match. All the videos, I'm putting all the videos I'm looking at here. He he did this Nazi salute thing in Germany in 2008. Yeah, well, he wasn't. Oh, and he did the march. Oh my God! Yep. I never knew this. Oh man! What? Just for some wrestling heat. (laughs) Oh my God! Yeah, this is that's come on. Like that's just stupid. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I think this this had this might have actually happened in two thousand four. I think the videos okay. were posted in 08. Okay. I yeah, can't tell. Either way. Yeah. Not good. Oh God, and that's real the, bad in Germany, bro. The crazy thing for me is here there wasn't very many people cheering for Del Rio. Like he was supposed to be the good guy, but he didn't get like a huge pop. And there wasn't that much heat for Swagger. You know, it was like, yeah, some boos you hear and some cheers, but like compared to what we've heard elsewhere in this card, not not as loud for either well, of them. There's probably some people in the crowd who agreed with Seth oh, Coulter. Yep, <laughs> and I'm sure they were, and I'm sure there wasn't much depth to Del Rio's character. He's just Mexican. <laughs> like that's pretty much his character. Yeah. Because uh, when he was a heel, he had depth. He was rich and he was cocky and all this and that. And then he was just, I'm Mexican, and I'm living <laughs> the American dream. Cheer for me, okay. <laughs> <sighs> then after the match, we get a look at Michael Strahan, who's I would eventually <laughs> guess Michael Strahan is more famous for being on TV than he has ever been as a football player. I would agree with that. Like. He's been retired since like 07, 08. And did he win, he's been on TV uh, ever since. Did he win the Super Bowl with the Giants? Yep, that was retired? his last game, I believe. Oh, okay. So, what a way to go out. <laughs> what a way to go out, Michael Strahan. Not a not a favorite of the Eagles at all. No. No. Not a favorite I, of Nick Bacone either. No, no, no. Well, but on I, the field, I should say. 
Right, right. But I salute the work he's done off the field as far mm-hmm. as getting himself out there and being on TV and all yeah. that. So, done, done well for himself in retirement. Not easy to do uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of guys. But after we get more National Guard commercials, it is now time for the streak. CM Punk versus The Undertaker. I had a lot of notes here, Nick. Did you? About this match. But then I saw your tweets earlier. <laughs> Wait, you was just out here choosing violence. <laughs> They're still about up. Bad, I didn't delete them. They're still up. How bad CM Punk was in this match? Now, I, I, got, I got notes. Okay. But I need to hear your full-fledged thoughts about... Well, all right. Wait, wait, wait. Because <sighs> I want to go from like... I want to set it up. Go ahead. And kind of go to like... Then get to the match. Okay. I don't want to just skip over the fact that this happened after Paul Bearer passed away. Well, let's go over that. The living color playing Undertaker's entrance, everything. I want to talk about that first. Right. So, so Paul Bearer passed away in early 2013 or late 2012, mm-hmm. I believe. It was somewhere around that time. I can't remember the exact time frame. I think it's early 2013 because I remember they put the graphic up that he died in 2013. So the story is that CM Punk steals the urn, which of course was synonymous with Paul Bearer. And straight up disrespected it at every turn. <laughs> he would toss it in the air. He would drop it. He would toss it to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman would be like, oh my God, no. And he would catch it. <laughs> I remember one time CM Punk like fumbled it. And then Paul Heyman like scooped it up and ran yeah, off. Like he was running yeah. into the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> like, took it to the house. Dude, he had good hands. He did. He scooped it up right <laughs> off. Like scoop and score, bro. That's not easy to do. <laughs> Paul Heyman did it with ease. Like I was, I was actually impressed. Uh, Paul Heyman and CM Punk was a hell of a parent too, by the way. Yeah, uh, great I enjoyed parent. them in this era together more than I did Heyman and Brock. I I agree. I think they played off each other very very well. But so that's pretty much the story. CM Punk disrespected the Undertaker and Paul Bear, uh, and off we go. So we get to the show. Both of these entrances, fantastic, right? Living Color, All Black Rock Band, killed it on CM Punk's theme music. That's yep. the song he used, Cult of Personalities, by Living Color. Tremendous. Tremendous. And then you got Undertaker's entrance, which is probably one of his best ever. You think so? With huh? He comes up from the depths of hell, and there's people reaching out to him as he's coming up from hell. I thought that was dope. That was a dope-ass visual, at least. I, from where I was sitting, I literally thought there were fans reaching for him. Now, <laughs> I mean, I was like, what are they doing? Like, are they reaching for him? Like, what the hell's going on? I didn't get, know the entrance. That was like part of the entrance until mm. I watched it after that. So, how funny is that? Yeah. It was I, like, I had why, the benefit. Why are they reaching for him? That's so weird. I had the benefit of having a monitor in front of me <laughs> while also looking down at the same time. So I could see, oh, they're like yeah. reaching out for him. Oh, that's yeah. dope. So, Do you know who those people were that were reaching out for him? I, I think I heard Xavier Woods talk about he was one of those guys. I'm sure he there was. were a bunch of NXT people. All from NXT. You had. I'm sure. And I have the list. Oh, Byron, okay. Byron Saxton. <laughs> Vic, Victor from The Ascension. Nice. Cassius Ono. Oh. Jake Carter, who is Vader's kid. Oh. Xavier Woods. Sami Zayn. Oh. Rusev. <laughs> Rusev. Yeah, he was there with short hair. It's like an all-star crew of people <laughs> with this other roster on AEW, too. Yeah, yeah. Fun. Connor of the Ascension. Right. Adam Rose. Uh, 
<laughs> Eric Rowan is in the oh, picture, man. by the way, because this was a picture posted, by the way, before the event. Mm. Posted by, I think Connor posted it on Instagram back then. And last but not least, how about this? Luke Harper was Luke one of those Harper. hands reaching for the Undertaker. May Incredible. he rest in peace, rest John in peace. Huber. Absolutely awesome cast. What up, a crew. You know? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> what a crew. Right? Damn. Absolutely And it's the same amazing. thing that the next year when they had uh, Triple H's entrance and they had the women who was like taking off his crown and his, his, his yeah. robe and stuff. You got three of the best women on the roster right now. Yeah. <laughs> Take Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Alexa Bliss. Now, I would have never known this was a bunch of NXT guys because I just wanted to make sure. Like, I was watching the entrance, and obviously I didn't know, like, what the whole, like, is he coming up from hell or is, like, what's going on here? And I think I Googled, like, Undertaker's WrestleMania 29 entrance just to see if anything was written about it. And then I found out that the people part of th- that were part of that entrance were from NXT. And then there was a link to Connor's Instagram and that a photo of uh, all those guys posing before the event. So absolutely, like mm. I mean, they were wearing like you know the the costumes or whatever they were wearing to make sure that nothing stood out. That the lighting was good on whatever they were wearing for the visuals. So it, it was awesome. It <laughs> was. It was, was a. Dope. I don't know whose idea that was, but whoever it was, that was a dope entrance. And I think, like I said, from a visual standpoint, probably among the best Undertakers ever had, in my opinion. And he's had obviously had some dope entrances over the years with the Druids and all that stuff. Um, the one year he came out of WrestleMania were on the, the chariot or something like that with the raven over his shoulder. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 9. But that one, that was dope. That was super dope in my opinion. Like I don't, don't, that's just how I felt. All right, got to the entrances. Now let's get to the match, Nick. We can uh, you out here? We can skip that. No, no, no. We're gonna talk about it. We got to talk about it. Out here, (sighs) trying to stoke some flames, choosing violence, as I said on Twitter. Saying that CM Punk botched his way through this match, which, mind you, is considered widely considered the best match on this show. I agree with that sentiment. That it was the best match on this show. Easily the best match on the show. Okay, but how much is that really saying? <laughs> it's not saying a ton because this match wasn't. <laughs> this show wasn't great, but it's saying something. <sighs> Please explain your position on this. And why are you bashing CM Punk? Everyone, so, everybody's favorite wrestler who hasn't wrestled in seven years. They're going to cancel me. Yep. They're going to cancel me. So my first issue was when CM Punk went for the old school and he made it look completely terrible. And it just kind of... He's holding him with his right arm completely defeating the purpose of old school, which is supposed to use your left arm because you can jump and with your right arm, you have more leverage and all this and the way, the way you jump. So it just makes sense. And the way he did it, uh, it, I was like, wow, that was really bad. That looked really bad. He didn't and, quite hit it where he was supposed to. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. So there That's you true. go. So he, sure. he botched it. But um, it didn't ruin the match. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not done yet. <laughs> it reminded me of this time. One of uh, the members of the group I was there with had told me before that he wasn't a huge CM Punk fan. This was like two or three years before this. And he wasn't a huge CM Punk fan because he was at a, a show. It might have been Ring of Honor or he saw him on OVW. I don't exactly remember. Maybe it was a house show of an indie company. Uh, I don't think Punk ever wrestled for CZW. Did he? Uh, I don't know that off the top of my head. but He might have. It might have been an indie that CM Punk didn't know how to a figure for for leg lock on his opponent. And uh, I guess the crowd started booing him because he didn't know how to put the figure four lock on. Yikes. Now, I wasn't there. I wasn't in the crowd. It's, you know, hearsay, secondhand account. I don't know why my friend would lie about that. But at the same time, I also didn't want to be involved with the, you know, I didn't want him to, he kind of came across to me as somebody that didn't like a lot of the things other people like just because he wanted to be against, you know, the cool thing. So I didn't exactly like take his word for, for it. Uh, just because of that, he just kind of like came across to me as somebody that would just not like something because so many other people liked it. So I didn't hold that against CM Punk at all. I actually liked CM Punk a lot back then, but that, you know, that old school, I was just kind of like, Ooh, that was bad. Ugh. We fast forward. Punk goes for Punk goes for old school again, and he's doing it right this time, holding him with his left arm. And then he just stands on the rope. Undertaker doesn't do anything; he doesn't move or anything. And Punk just crotch crotches himself on the top rope, like it it looks so stupid. I was like, "What?" And that's not necessarily Punk's fault. Like Undertaker probably should have moved or did something to make that happen, or maybe. He was ready to, and Punk just fell. But that was a very bad, very bad look, and I didn't like that. And so that was a, that was the second thing I believe. So fast forward. Uh, did you know that Undertaker was the best pure striker in WWE? By the way, uh, how many how many times did Michael Cole <laughs> say it during this match? Because I'm sure he said it at least twice. <laughs> at least twice. So I just wanted to, you know, the I put best five. Pure striker I, I was, I was in the history of WWE. <laughs> I was exaggerating. I put like he said at least five times, but hey, it might have been. Who knows? Um, Punk loved Randy Savage, right? So he decided to pay homage to Randy Savage by doing the elbow drop off the top in his matches, and they always look like crap. Every single time. Oh my god! And Randy Savage I them like is he crap. not? Is he not my best friend? My best friend. <laughs> is Randy Savage what? not my best friend? <laughs> uh, what? What is this going? <laughs> I meant. I meant to say is Randy Savage is not. Is Randy Savage not my favorite wrestler ever? <laughs> and the fact that I saw CM Punk with that elbow drop. Oh my god! It looked so bad, and it just. Uh, I I can't even like we laud Sasha Banks for like her frog splash Chavo Guerrero for his frog splash that don't look anything like Eddie's but hell they're doing it to pay homage to him 
I'm, I'm not doing that with this elbow drop, which looks terrible. I, I don't know anybody that lauds Sasha Banks' frog splash. I don't... Does it... Well, I don't... Does I, it look good? I don't know. For all intents and purposes, I just threw that in there. I mean... <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I, I, of I don't think it looks terrible, but it's not like Eddie. You know what I mean? Like... Right, right, right. And no one could probably do it like Eddie. Like Chavo, I know, has done it. Rey Mysterio has done it. They don't look anything like Eddie's, but they're paying homage to him. But this, like... I guess there's a certain aesthetic you have when you see a macho man flying elbow drop. <laughs> like nobody can do it the way he does. And I know other people have paid homage to him by doing it, but CM Punk's flying elbow drop was pure trash. And it looked wow. terrible. It looked terrible. And let, let's not forget that he also did that when the undertaker was on the announce table and completely missed and almost, and did Undertaker's he didn't completely career completely miss? He came up short. He hurt himself more than he hurt Undertaker because he hurt his knee. I'm pretty sure he, he actually legit hurt his knee on that. Okay, um, it's still trash. I don't, he didn't it completely trash. miss he, it. Oh, I I rewound it and trash. I was like trying to look for it. I was like, did he slip on the top rope? Because I mean, that was a long yes, that was a long jump. But oh my god, that was bad too. Like you know, like he literally, he literally just like. It was a line drive. <laughs> I think it would have. I think it would have worked better if the table actually broke. The problem was the table didn't break because so. of his trajectory. That's why it didn't break. He didn't get enough yes. height. He went right into like the side of the table. Like that was sometimes his, tables was don't fault. break, bro. But that was his fault. <laughs> it wasn't going to break the way at the angle that he made contact. It was not going to break. He had to. He had. To, he had, or he he had lands to get on top of the Undertaker. And he's not supposed to do that when an elbow drop. Maybe he should do a, a splash oh, or something. I don't know. You know, then he was then he was scared. He was a scared little baby. How about that? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm kidding, CM Punk. I'm just God forbid, you know, like we critique him, but he just didn't have hey, it look. this night. I I just don't think he had it this wow. night. I, I he's gone on record saying that he never was mad that he had to face the Undertaker, but this moment and this year was proof to him that he would never get that last match at Mania. So there's there's something there that, you know, he wasn't fully, like, into it 100%. Like, maybe he was 98% into it. But that 2% definitely showed itself to me in this match. Wow. Wow, that's... And there's more, you know. There's, take, I have... Let's see. So... Hold on. Well, sure. while you while you look for that, I will say yeah, that this was the last year of the streak. This is the last win in the streak. Yeah, well, yeah it was. Mm. And you look back at these matches, particularly this, particularly this one, and you forget how much of a draw the streak was, how important it was. Before the bell even rang, the fans were stirring. They were going crazy, and they were going crazy at multiple points throughout the match. Because the streak was on the line. Like, it was such an important... It was just as important as any other match in the show. On any show, the streak was that important. Like, it had so much meaning. And you knew because it was the streak was on the line. You knew something historic was going to happen. Either the streak was going to continue or some by some wild chance, it was going to end. And I think... When the streak ended the next year, I think it hurt Undertaker's drawing power a little bit. Because 
the streak probably extended his drawing power. I mean, a couple years at least past where the past where it would have gone if it wasn't for the streak. But without the streak, after the Undertaker when when Undertaker would show up, it, you know people would pop. But it was a, that specialness was kind of lost after that. Like nobody was yearning to see the Undertaker wrestle. At least I wasn't after the streak was gone. But then he kept doing it. And I think that's when you started to see the law of diminishing returns. When he kept coming back, kept coming back. And it's like, uh, okay. And, and at a certain point, people were just like, all right, just go away already. Like, just retire, bro. Like, <laughs> he should have retired in 2017. He didn't. He kept coming yeah. back. And he finally yeah. seemed, he in 2020, he finally seemingly retired for real this time. But I think over the years, without the streak, it hurt his drawing power. When you had the streak at WrestleMania, whew, that was the main event pretty much. Mm-hmm. That was it, and Undertaker was still capable of putting on great matches too. You know, I, I think they made a mistake in ending the streak. In hindsight, it's easy to say in hindsight, but I think they made a mistake in ending the streak. Either you never end it, or if you do end it, it's somebody like a CM Punk who needed that rub, and not a Brock Lesnar uh, who didn't need the rub. But he went on that monster terror, so I could definitely. If Undertaker retired, yes, that's true. After that, then I could. Obviously, see it because Brock like was unstoppable. They finally booked That's him true. two years later after he returned into like that unstoppable force. So, um, I think that that could have been okay. The Undertaker was done after that. That would have made more sense. But then he came back and beat Bray Wyatt. You know, at WrestleMania. Like, what? What? Come on! Like, is that necessary? Yeah. Like, no. So, yeah, I'm with you. I I I wouldn't have been mad if CM Punk beat him here. Um, no, I don't think anybody would have been. I didn't think you know that was going to happen, obviously, but um, you know that's just. I just. I don't think. I think this was like a good Undertaker match, not a good CM Punk match. If that makes sense. Mm, I got you. I got you. You think CM Punk is capable of more? Got you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which like is, so. That's people, people even like some of the people that uh, agreed with me online or on Twitter were saying like uh yeah he he's a terrible in ring wrestler and I was like I, I don't I would not ever go that whoa, far whoa yeah yeah like take it easy yeah that's what I'm like he's pudgy you know he doesn't look like a wrestler it's like that's where he uh, okay. lose me that's where he lose me because who looks like a wrestler like what are you trying also, to tell you're me? the like, same person wearing a knees to face shirt in 2013 <laughs> like me <laughs> so <laughs> you know shit. I did write another thing by the way like uh, when the Undertaker got Hell's Gate onto Punk, and he was trying to counter it into a pin, and he completely botched that too. So that's why I think it's like not a good match by CM Punk. There were a lot of botches on his part that weren't necessarily where you can point at the Undertaker and be like, okay, like yeah, he's to blame. Which people love doing that now, you know, they love because you know he got older and slower in the ring, and they love getting on Taker because of his botches and whatnot now. But back then, you know, he, he he wasn't the cause of these botches in in this match. It was just one person. So definitely could have been a lot better. I do expect more from CM Punk. Dude, 2011 was like my favorite, one of my favorite years just because of him and, you know, money in the bank and then the summer and then they threw it all away, the whole Triple H thing. But, oh, you yeah. know, that's the punk I love. And no, I... I I think they just lost me with this whole Undertaker thing. I knew as soon as they were going to go with CM Punk Undertaker that, 
you know, he was going to lose, and that then what? I was just kind of looking to after. Like, okay, after WrestleMania, I, what was Punk I think CM, do, you know? I think CM Punk was looking for the same thing. It's like, what do I do now? Yeah, like, I lost he, the Undertaker. I had the title. Be, he shouldn't be doing that. I should be doing that, not him. <laughs> I know. I think I think he was right to do it because it's like you don't want to get stuck in that rut where you're, you're like, kind of in the main event, but you're not really the main event guy. Like, you're still not. A, he wanted to be where Cena was. He would have faced Triple H at WrestleMania. That's and who no. knows who knows what happened. Who knows what would happen the year after? Like that's why. That, yes, he probably got to his limit, which I completely understand. I have no right, problems I'm saying, with him quitting. That's a whole two years of your career now. Like that, that, yeah, that's just, but you're it's you're still there. You still get to that moment that you're, no you're yearning for. That, that's true. There is no guarantee. Think, but if you if you're that like sold on your ability, you know that you're going to get there. Like you don't. I don't think. Go, can Punk you please put me there? Be like, eh. like he I don't was think different. Punk was trying to wait anymore. He, he was different. He was done in a good way. I, I don't blame him for being like, yo, like I'm one of the best guys you got. You put the title on me. You never put me in main events though when I was a champion. And now that I'm not champion, I'm not going to be in main events now neither. So what the hell? What do you want? Like I know what I want to do. I think I'm the best you got. And yet you're going to keep rolling with the same stuff. And it's, I'm never going to get to that plateau where I think I deserve to be. I should be. You don't really deserve, you're not entitled to anything, but I think he felt like he was worthy of being in that spot. So, whatever. It opened the door up for other guys like Daniel it, Bryan. So, yeah. it's and, fine. Uh, like, hey, history is history. But And, and that I match with Triple H wouldn't have done nothing for CM Punk. Nothing. See, I, he had The Undertaker already. He beat John Cena. Like, what, what the hell is Triple H going to do? But that... Really? Hell, Nothing. Daniel, he had, Daniel he had, Bryan beat Triple H that same night then, and he won the title. He, but there was a hell of a story building up to that. They could have made a hell, hell of a story. story. They, they didn't it have time to make the a story. They it started the story. The they started the story, but they had two months that could have made it great. And, you and know, Yeah, right. And it, but Daniel Bryan's match went, meant something because he had like six months of story. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and then he also went on to win the title that night. I don't disagree that it was better the way it happened. But I don't I'm think saying, that Triple like, H match would have meant anything. I'm not convinced that CM Punk would not have been in the main event the next year. I'm just not convinced because he was so good. That, All right. You know, Do you, you put you him deal, against Roman Reigns? Deal, okay. Well, maybe Roman is, Reigns isn't tabbed as the guy at that point. Maybe. But I, I don't see how you have CM Punk beat Brock Lesnar, though. Maybe that we, we see what happened with Brock and maybe CM Punk leaving was like, okay, we're just going to make Brock a monster and give him the title. Like, no, I think they're going to do that, that anyway. I think they're going to do that I anyway. I don't know that. I don't think we know that. I think that was in the cards anyway. I just know it that. It could have been. could have been. Triple H, that Triple H match would have done nothing for and CM Punk. You had Punk. the two Paul Heyman guys explode. <laughs> they did that at SummerSlam, though, in 2013. He no, beat the hell right. out of CM yeah, Punk. That's right. <laughs> but that's another indication that CM Punk was just not going to be at that level that he wanted to be at. But I will say this, that match with Triple H wouldn't have done nothing. It would have done nothing for, like I said, he had Undertaker already. He had Cena. He went against Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. What the hell is Triple H going to do? Did he face Triple H at at the Night of Champions or whatever? Yeah, and he lost. Yeah, so. Now, he probably would have beat Triple H in 2014. Right. Great. So did Seth Rollins in (laughs) in 2017. Did that make Seth Rollins a bigger star? Yeah, he has a kid now. Like I that, said, that's I don't the think match Seth... that made Becky Lynch fall in love with him. I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. But <laughs> did Seth Rollins beating Triple H in 2017 at WrestleMania do 
What did that do for Seth Rollins? I don't even remember that. It's 2017. I don't even remember that. Because it's a... Exactly. That's my point, though. <laughs> it did no, nothing I don't, for Seth Rollins. Don't I don't remember, remember the year happened. that that was the year. Like, what? <laughs> it was, was that in yes, New Orleans? That no, that was in Orlando. Oh, my God. That was the, the ultimate throw exactly. ride. That's right. The ultimate throw ride. Right. And that's when Seth Rollins had to, was coming off the knee injury, and they were like, the, it was like an unsanctioned match or whatever. Uh, right, right, right. Remember that? Even though they had a referee, they had a winner. And that's the one, the Hardy, That's the WrestleMania, the Hardys return, right? Yep. <laughs> Look, this is how bad the last few years have been. <laughs> really? That's what I'm saying. Like, but, that's, that, but that goes back to my point. That match did nothing for Seth Rollins. Even though, yeah, it's a big win for Seth Rollins. Great. But what did that really do for him in the long run? Was he not going to still be a universal champion in the future? Or was he, you know, did it make him a bigger star? I don't think so. Well, you, you don't and that's. Return him. Well, what? Wait, so 2017. Did he have another injury? When he came back? I I don't think he did. I just know I remember WrestleMania twenty eighteen, he's wrestling for the Intercontinental Championship with right. Finn Balor. And I think the Miz, right? So Something I remember like so Triple H just beating him up with a crutch, right? Did he yeah. have another injury after he came back? I think no, I think they uh played it up. Okay. Gotcha. I think. So I don't he, remember like, that being he an actual quote unquote re injured his knee, but they were just using right. it as a story. Okay. I think so. Because I remember like, him coming back and beating Roman, and then Dean beat him because <laughs> he cashed in. Right, and that was so, in 2016. Yeah, right, but, but remember yeah. when the fest, not the festival of friendship, when Kevin Owens won the title, he pedigreed Seth Rollins and handed him the title. So that's started the Seth Rollins story. That's right. That was after Wrestle after SummerSlam. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, but Seth Rollins that that matched nothing for Seth Rollins, yeah. and that and CM Punk was in a better position. That Seth Rollins was, I, that, that Triple H match would have done nothing for him. So, speaking of Triple H matches doing nothing for somebody, <laughs> what about our next match? Triple H versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, you talk about Triple H, right? Talk about a waste of time. It really was, because Triple H is one of the greatest of all time, honestly. Like, can't say enough about his talent. His heel run in 2000, 2001, 99, you throw that in there too. Great stuff. The peak of his career, in my opinion. And he's done wonders with NXT, right? Developing that talent only for Vince McMahon to squander most of it. Not Triple H's fault. Uh, but he's done great things with NXT in the Performance Center. But for whatever reason, he they had, I don't know if it's his doing or Vince's doing. Maybe it's a combination of both. But there was a stretch, and it's still pretty much went to 2019 where they had to shoehorn him into WrestleMania and then when he gets shoehorned into a match it has to be more than 20 minutes and it's like no it doesn't you're not going to put on the classic match you think you're going to put on every year Triple H as good as you are you're great but you're not putting on these 25 minute classics anymore bro that's not what you're doing now (laughs) no he tried to do it with Seth Rollins that match was kind of boring, and I hate to say it, but it was. It was like, oh, okay. He tried to do it with Batista at, in 2019. It was just like this 25-minute yeah. epic match. It's like, this match does not have to be this Which long. I, dude, I was so hyped for that, too. I was like, this is going to be great. Why? I knew it was going to come. I knew it was going to happen. This match is going to be thir- like damn near 30 minutes. Too much. And it's going to suck the life Too out long. of the audience. It's going to suck the life out of the audience. And no one's gonna care, and Triple H is gonna win. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. Because you you don't need the so much story in his matches that they give you. Because 
Dude, that Lesnar-Goldberg match a few years ago for the title, it was like not even 15 minutes. It was like 11 or 12, 13 minutes. And it was high impact like the whole time. And then boom, no. like winner. Th that's what Triple H matches could be. You don't need like a long played out be. story. Right. He, like, he loves being in there for 20, 30 minutes. Like that Batista yeah. match a couple years ago. That was the longest match of the night. Yeah, that's that was ridiculous. 24 minutes. I don't even remember how that ended. I know he won, but... That match was longer like, than Kofi. I don't remember most of that show. <laughs> that match was longer than Kofi versus Daniel Bryan, which is 23-45, and longer than the main event, which is 21 minutes and 30 seconds. That's a triple threat. Oh, that, that's when uh, they didn't even pin Ronda. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember that. Like, Kofi's win. Triple H and Batista, I rarely have any recollection of. It's just... It, it, they had this thing where they had to... Even the tag team match they had with Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle... 20 minutes. What? Doesn't need to be 20 minutes, bro. <laughs> Seth Rollins and Triple H, WrestleMania 2017. 25 minutes, the longest match in the show. That's not even counting his entrance. This is also like another five minutes. It should just be dope. But not necessary. Roman Reigns, Triple H, 27 minutes. Too long. Triple H and Sting, the longest match on the show at WrestleMania 31, 18 minutes, 36 seconds. That was lo the longest match on a WrestleMania, The longest match minutes? on the show. On the only one that was minutes? close was Big Show, was the Andre the Giant Who? Memorial Battle Royal on the pre-show. Okay, Paul White. Oh. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal on the pre-show was 18 minutes and 7 seconds. Oh That's a God. battle royal. <laughs> And of course, uh, the the match, the main event was sixteen minutes and forty three seconds. Wow! And that was Give with the cash in. Break. That's with the cash oh in. Oh my gosh! Give me a break, bro. And of course, the Brian match was twenty five minutes. Also, the longest match on the show wow. at WrestleMania thirty. Wow. Well, that one was a good match because it was a, it was, a, it was over. Mm -hmm. Like people were into it. Yep. These other matches, though, the story didn't necessitate a twenty five minute match. That Seth Rollins match. It, was a, it had a good build. Didn't need 25 minutes or whatever it was. Same thing with Batista. And here we are again at WrestleMania in 2013 where he's doing these long, drawn-out matches. He came off the one with Undertaker at Hell in a Cell in the, in the Hell in a Cell WrestleMania. Everybody loved that. So I think he's like, oh, I got it. I can still do it with these great classic five-star epics. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hold it right there. We don't need 23 minutes of you and Brock Lesnar. We don't. And I like Triple H, man. I'm not going to hate on Triple H. It's just they just felt the need to give him the longest match the most time so he could build up the slow, methodical pace. And people fall asleep on that nowadays, especially on a yeah. show like WrestleMania in 2019, which is like five hours, bro. No, I'm oh, good. Man. No, 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 no. No, no. It's not even the main event, bro. Come mm -hmm. on. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I'm good. <laughs> and then you got, on top of that, you got Triple H being the babyface fighting from underneath, which is always a tough sell for me because he's been such a dastardly heel and he's been such a strong presence on the show. It's hard for me to buy in or feel sympathy for him. They always call him the, the cerebral assassin. They always call him that, whether he's a face or a heel. It's like, that has a heel connotation to me, so why don't you just keep that for heel? Michael Cole's sitting here. That's why he's the cerebral assassin. Like, relax. Uh, another thing I noticed, Shawn Michaels got a whole entrance on this show <laughs> just to be Triple H's homeboy. I, I wrote that too. I was like, oh, okay. Just got to hear that and he dressed you know, up, music. 
Right. And he dressed up for the occasion with his tank top, his, and his hunting boots, <laughs> and his dirty dungarees out there looking like he's ready to sit up in a deer stand. You're at WrestleMania. <laughs> like, what the hell? You can dress up a little bit, put a shirt on. Like, you got a tank top on. And put some shoes. You got these, what are those? What are those boots there? They belong in a swamp, sir, not at WrestleMania. If I was Paul Hammond, I would have not taken a super kick from Shawn Michaels in those boots. What are those? He's he had a f- funny ass sell to that too. He did. He's he like, did. Have some, <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like on his feet for a little while, waving his arms and then falling. <laughs> uh. Speaking of Triple H, his entrances, which are always again because he's you know COO or whatever he is, super elaborate, right? Uh, they've gotten more elaborate sometimes over the years. Although I will say his WrestleMania 30 entrance was dope. The one we mentioned with uh, Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, and Charlotte. That was cool. Yeah. All the other ones, though, I could do without. <laughs> like yeah, the one where he's yeah. riding a motorcycle to the <laughs> ring with Stephanie. The one where he's like the Terminator for Sting. Uh, what was the one where they had like the people, Stephanie McMahon was like giving this big old authoritative speech, like utilitarian yeah, speech, or something like yeah. that at WrestleMania 32 with the, the guys with the skulls on their heads. Yeah. <laughs> do without that. I'm, I don't need that. I don't remember what they did at twenty at 2018 at WrestleMania. Probably the motorcycle thing again. And in 2019, yeah, I don't, I don't remember, remember that either. Because it just gets old after a while. Yeah. Like, we get it, bro. He yeah. gets the coolest this entrance was his, every year. This was his best entrance in 29. Simple, just a walk. Got some, you know, even, smoke on him. <laughs> even that was a botch. You didn't notice that he had the stuff on his body that he yeah. was rubbing off of him? Yeah, he was trying to rub off. But by the time he got that to the ring, all the, all the sweat, you know, got But that was dry ice. That burned well, I, him. <laughs> I, wait, so, okay, that was the entrance then. I know he had one. I, I thought it was another entrance, another mania entrance that no, this, he got to try. No, this year ice, was the year because that was, he had like a tunnel. But it was hilarious. He had a Hit a tunnel that would yeah. blew smoke, but it turned into dry ice, and he's all over his body. And he's like looking at it, like, "What the hell is on me?" Yeah. And he's like trying to rub it off, but it probably hurt like hell. The reason why he's trying—he was burning him. He said he had second degree burns from it. <laughs> but he, I couldn't tell after he, after it was off. Like his I mean, skin wasn't it. like burnt. He said, "I, I watched a video when they were talking about him. They was at WrestleMania in 2019, and like I guess the 24 special they do sometimes at WrestleMania, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and they caught up to him. He's like, "Do you remember your entrance the last time you was here? Because that was at MetLife Stadium as well." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I forgot about it until you brought it up." And he said that stuff got on him, and he said he could feel himself like sizzling, like he said his body was on fire. And he's like, "What the hell? Like what's going on?" And he's rubbing it off and dumping water on him. So yeah, th- they didn't do that again. The, the dry <laughs> ice thing, I guess. Uh, cause I think they had it at 28 too, that little tunnel thing, and they 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 didn't do it the next year. Um, but yeah, like Triple H always has have his elaborate entrance and his 25 minute match. I don't know if that's his request or not. Probably is his request, but it, it doesn't do it for me. I don't have to have a Triple H match at WrestleMania. I, I like Triple H. He's dope. I could never see Triple H wrestle again. I'd be fine. <laughs> Same goes <laughs> with the Undertaker. And that, that, like, that a knock. I've seen him wrestle plenty over the years. I'll be fine. Yeah, I don't need you know the long emotional build to the end where it's probably not going to matter at all. <laughs> right. Just not going to matter. Then we got Brock Lesnar. Jet. <sighs> WWE was well on their way. 
to making Brock just another guy on the roster. <laughs> oh my god, they, dude, if he was another, he was gonna be Big Show version two. <laughs> Pretty much, people forget how they were fumbling him at every turn in 2012 and 2013. His first match back in WWE, he lost dude, to John Cena. Dude, so this is his third match. He's going to be one and two in his first three <laughs> matches back. One and two. What? He gets, if this is UFC, he gets cut from <laughs> UFC. Dana <laughs> was like, all right, released. you're good. <laughs> right, get out. You're not good. Right? So you got the one win over Triple H. Which almost made Triple H retire, but didn't hold Triple H. I got this redemption story. Cut his hair. (laughs) Right? He had the haircut finally. Finally let it go. Good for him for letting it go. Uh, He looked good with the long hair. I like He looked better with the short hair. It's it's time. It's time. I say it on the show every week. The long hair look, man, that was even in 2013. It was kind of passe, bro. Like it was done. It was over with. (laughs) It was was a a wrap on that. So uh, it was a dub. But, uh, you know, he got his comeback in this match, but it's just Brock was treated as a monster, but a monster that could lose. And it's funny, it's weird to look back at his matches from this time and then look back after he beat The Undertaker. And I actually like his matches post streak than I do these matches, even though these matches are more competitive. But they're just back and forth contests that I don't believe that they should be that competitive. Maybe because I've watched seven years of Brock Lesnar beating the ever living hell out of people before they ever get any any offense in on him. And so I've been conditioned to think that Brock Lesnar is pretty much right. you know unstoppable. Yep. So watching these is like eh, I don't like them as much. Yeah. And it really wasn't much of a story. It was just like they fought and. Brock Lesnar was tossing him around a little bit. He had this big scream, the yeah scream that, that that you see in gifts all the time. But I actually prefer him just being the monster that suplexes yeah. people all the time. Yep. And then when they finally get something on him, he sells like a like a beast, like he sells like a champ because he's one of the best selling big men I've ever seen. And it's even though it's a it's a it's kind of a tired formula now because we've seen it time and time again, and you know, it's it's gotten old, right? I'll admit, we, we're kind of done with it, but it works. That's the thing about that formula. When Brock starts to sell, people just go crazy. They, and they buy in. They're like, oh my God, they're going to beat him. Instantly. <laughs> and it works, with, it works with Roman Reigns. It works with John Cena. It works with Daniel Bryan. It works with AJ Styles. It doesn't matter. It works. And it's like that formula, yeah, it's kind of formulaic, and we've seen it a million times. I think it's much better than what we saw at WrestleMania 29, which was just a regular old Triple H match that lands for 20 minutes. It's pretty much, you watch this, and you watch the Batista match at, at in 2019, not that much different. <laughs> Shouldn't be the case. Mm-mm. So, that's how I thought about this match. Triple H wins, by the way. Because, <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. This would be the last uh, loss for Brock until September of 2014, which was the DQ loss against Cena after he won the title. So they were, luckily after this WrestleMania, they really strapped the rocket to him. You know, I I was kind of like over this Brock run at this point, but I got back in. Right, that's the thing. They were well on, like when he came to fight Undertaker at WrestleMania 30, Brock wasn't really, 
popping oh. like that. Oh, I was like, I had okay, to get to that under- match. Okay, he's going to lose the Undertaker. Like, I, <laughs> I don't think anyone thought he was going to beat him. And I was like, all right, well, nope. what are they going to do now with him? You know, he's going to lose to the Undertaker. Another loss. <laughs> That's it. Yep. And Brock moves on from that. And it was like, but then they, you know, he beat the streak and it's like, okay, now Brock is kind of reinvigorated. And he won the title after he killed Cena and off he went. But yeah. at this point, he was just another guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's that's not how Brock Lesnar should be treated yeah. at any point in time. Uh, anything else about this match? I mean, it was just long match. Uh, at one point, Lawler said there was a hush over 80,000 people because the way, John, the way Triple H is getting beat up. I was like, no, they're just bored. <laughs> like, they're just bored, bro. They're not, like, in stunned silence. They're uh, just bored. So this is the match where I am going to call out Kevin Dunn. You know, you say, this was a little better. Yeah, it was. But when Paul Heyman gets in the ring to get the steel chair, and you see Shawn Michaels coming to the ring on the hard cam. But Kevin Dunn is like, camera cut. So there's another camera just focused on Heyman, so you're not supposed to realize Shawn's in the ring. God forbid you realize that Sean's in the ring. He's about to kick Paul Heyman, <laughs> and it's just a little, like a little thing like that. That it, it, it's a small example of the way they shoot TV now, and it sucks. Like they telegraph everything, every single camera angle. You know when they want to hide something, so then boom, someone surprises somebody. And then the viewer is supposed to be surprised at home watching it on TV. They do it every single time when somebody attacks somebody or, you know, uh, some, uh, tag match or, you know, you, you don't want to see somebody pull someone from the apron. So they have that angle where you're not supposed to see that until the very last second. I hate that. I don't know. Like, it's no, it's ah, it's wrestling live. Capture that. There's nothing wrong with us seeing something happening that's going to happen before it happens. Don't as long as it, like that angle. No, we don't want to see it as it ha- like we can anticipate it happening. But like, oh, they're gonna get them. They're gonna get them, and then it happens within five seconds. Like that's fine. I don't know what got in their head to shoot it the way they do now with trying to cover up all angles so you don't see something off camera. Uh, but you can't anticipate it. You know something's going to happen based on the angle they use. So I think it defeats the whole purpose of what they do. Uh. Hate that worse than good? Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Uh. I also hate yeah, the next that's... thing with the stupid Hall of Fame crap. Yeah, the WWE uh, Hall of Fame. Well, it's not to say it's stupid. You have Foley, Stratus, Backlund, Booker right. T. That's all good. Right. WWE class, Hall of Fame class of 2013, like you said, Trish Stratus, Booker T, Mick Foley, Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund. Pretty dope class when you think about it. I mean, those are all yeah. with Howard candidates. Finkel, you know, introducing them. That was cool. Right. That was cool. And then Donald Trump. Not worthy. Yeah. Not worthy at all. <laughs> not worthy. Not Imagine that. Not worthy of the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> and of course, Vince inducts him and says, My friend. Donald Trump. Ugh. People were like standing up and cheering for him and stuff like because Donald Trump was seen like a harmless guy, just a TV show host who was kind of a dick. But yeah. you know, he was whatever. Brew, like he was, he was brewed pretty good when they introduced him. 
Well, there you that's, go. That's what I heard. Are you talking about pretty, at the Hall of Fame ceremony or? Yeah, I don't did? remember them being uh, booed at the Hall of Fame ceremony, but maybe I, no, I don't uh, remember watching it. When they, when Howard introduced them, you know, he waved to the people. You, you, Everyone else, you know, they're cheering for her, and then all of a sudden you hear, boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but even still, he wasn't what he's seen as today. Be oh, much, no, they, not, not he'd be much different today. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, then they get an ad for WrestleMania 30, which is what we'll cover also at some point this month on our march to WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania 30, of course, was in New Orleans. It was the city's first WrestleMania. So we're going to talk all about that in the coming weeks. And then they announced the attendance record of, like I said earlier, earlier of 80,000 plus at MetLife Stadium. Shoot off a bunch of fireworks. And then we'll go right to the main event. <laughs> just just music. And I was I was sitting in the, in the stadium. I'm like, isn't there supposed to be another match? Like, is this, is this, it's actually happening right now? Oh, okay. And it's like, WWE. Wait, where they've the got, fuck they, was that? Come on. Right. <laughs> they haven't made this mistake in, over, you know, in recent years since this show. But it's like, y'all ran all those video packages and then just abruptly started Johnson's music for the beginning of this match. It's just, just do the one video package before this match. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, WWE Championship. And then John Cena's music starts. Instead, people are just sitting around waiting for the next match to start. And then it's John Cena. Here we are. <laughs> the main event. Okay. Well, here we go. All right. It's John Cena. Like that like that gif or that video. So. What? You know that 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 like the uh like the Rickroll type of video when people like or like a prank where people call somebody and it's like, hello? And it's like, it's John Cena! And the music plays and all that. You never heard of that? No. Wow, bro. Where have you been? I thought that was, that's been years, I've too. Been, that's I've a been years Delco. old thing. That's probably why. It's been a years old. That's an old thing, too. It's not even like something that's new on the internet, on these internet streets. Wow. It's been out here. The whole inter- John usually, Cena troll thing. Usually I'm up on my internet game. You gotta get up on that. Mm. The John Cena prank or troll thing. It's pretty, it's pretty funny. But... Here we are, The Rock, John Cena for the WWE Championship twice in a lifetime. It's on. The biggest main event that WWE's ever done to this point. That's the way they treated it. Yeah. With all the video packages they did for it. Uh, Out comes The Rock with a very short-lived WWE Championship design. Mm -hmm. Uh, He... First debuted it. He's the first person to hold that title. Yeah. When he after he beat CM Punk at the Royal Rumble, I think the next night or whatever, he got rid of the spinner belt, mm-hmm. uh, and then brought out the one he brought out at WrestleMania 29. This only lasted until the next summer, when John Cena lost to Brock, and because at that point they still had the two titles. They said the WWE Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship as like the unified WWE World Heavyweight Title. But once they unif- they created one belt, they also had the new WWE logo. Remember, in summer 2014, they, they got the, the logo they have now, mm-hmm. the more refined logo, not the scratch logo. So that brought about a new belt. And if you notice in this one, you see like the scratch logo, and right below it is that big gold yeah. like bar that says champion. Yeah, notice that. That's gone now in the belt. It's just mm-hmm. the WWE logo. And then like a little strip underneath it, it says world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Which is I like I actually like the current size title. point six point five font. 
(laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. It's very small. But I actually prefer the current title over the one that The Rock had. I thought the one The Rock had was nice. It was cool when it first Mm -hmm. debuted. It looked better than the spinner belt. It looked more like mature and adult. Yeah. Yeah. I I like this one too. I think also it was too... It's oddly too busy. Like the scratch logo and the big gold thing that says champion real big. It's weird. Looked kind of weird and gaudy. But I like this one. It looks more refined in my opinion. uh, And less busy. More... uh, It's a cleaner design, I should say. Than the one the Rock had, but I just found that interesting. Um, but you know, I thought it's still an upgrade over the Spinner Belt at least, uh, which I didn't hate that belt. People generally hate the Spinner Belt that CM Punk and John Cena had and everybody else before. I don't hate that belt, but I, I think do think it was start time a, start a thread on Twitter with that, and you could be the. Uh, I mean, they can cancel you. I guess, but it, it lasted a long ass time. It, it John really Cena broke it out in '05. It, it, it lasted way longer than it should have. Edge had right. it. Like CM Punk having it, his whole reign is ridiculous. But, <laughs> like he, CM, Cena brought that out in '05. That belt went away in 2013. That's eight years, bro. <laughs> right. That, like I said, the one that The Rock brought out didn't even last. Lasted a little more than a year, mainly because of the, the logo change. But yeah. they didn't even keep the design. They changed yeah. the design up. Mm-hmm. No, they took away the big gold bar that said champion on it. So even the design was only lasted about a year and changed. But that spinner belt had a hell of a shelf life, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Now, the current design is going on, I guess you say year seven. Because they've kept and they've pretty much homogenized all the designs of the belts for the most part. At least the singles titles uh, with the, the women's titles looking the same way. But we're on seven Which, years. By the way, I, I, I actually like that. I think we talked about it before. It kind of reminds me of the UFC where they have like every title looks the same, but um, it also means that you know no title looks more important than the other. Like all the world champions are world champions. Like they're yes, kind of equal. I agree with that. Little, like so, I like. I that. agree with the top titles looking kind of the same. Like yeah, you said, yeah. the women, the men's titles look exactly like the women's titles. They're both top championships. Yeah. I do would like I would like though if the and they kept it this way the intercontinental and the U.S. titles look different and they've done that they I think they upgraded the U.S. title that looks great now I think intercontinental title I still always prefer the classic design yeah this current one isn't bad it's just not the classic design which is no, I'm one never of the gonna, best ever I'm, I never got used to the purple intercontinental title belt and they had that for a long long time. And I never got used to it. So, you know, like, I'm never going to get used to this one. <laughs> you can't go from that classic design to anything yeah. else. That, that classic design is where it's at. But the tag change, title's got to go. Change the leather. Titles. Change the leather. Change the color up. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. 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 I would have been dope if they went from a white to a black or maybe to, like, a purple, like you said, or a yeah. yellow, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. depending on who has it. Right. But... The tag titles gotta go. I've said it millions of times. I hate those tag belts. <laughs> yeah. I hate them so much. I don't like them. They're the worst. They're the worst. Like we've had in this particular design, even though this it's going from bronze to silver. Um, this design is goes back to like 2011 or something like that. It'll, yeah, something like they, that. it's been. The, Daniel Bryan and Kane had that design, 
And I know it had been there for a while. So Right. So we're like 10 years on the two helmet thing on the tag titles. It's been awful. Every step of the way, whether it was bronze or when they turned them silver for the brand extension, terrible. Every step of the way. I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> but back to the main event of WrestleMania. And I thought about the announcers. They were actually calling this like a match in the beginning. They weren't talking about the stories. They're calling the different moves and different things that was happening. And I was like, hey, that's... That's a different change. That's a change of pace for them, typically. But speaking of the announcers, I don't know if you noticed this, but they sounded spent. Like, Michael Cole sounded like he was spent <laughs> at this point. And we're not even at the time, like, what, about three and a half hours now? I yeah. guess with the pre-show, it was like four and a half. But, yeah, at this point, they're not used to that. So it was probably a very, the longest night for all of them at this point. But and they tried to keep the energy up. I can't blame them for being a little spent. But yeah, I think though, like these shows only have gotten longer and longer over the years. <laughs> yeah. But at least they've had a brand extension to where you have Raw announcers and SmackDown yeah. announcers. Yeah. Back in this day, only the one announced team, and they That's called true. it throughout. That's true. That's not easy to do over the course of three and a half, almost four hours, and you're getting excited for the big moments, and you're, you know, in every match you're doing this. That's that's not easy. I can't blame Michael Cole for kind of being a little spent and maybe his voice cracking a little bit by the main event because you've been calling a whole show with the Undertaker CM Punk match, which I know you, you had your thoughts, but it was an exciting match. And even Triple H and Batista, even though it wasn't that exciting, he starts to make it sound exciting. <laughs> he has to sell it as an exciting match. So uh, nowadays, I think it's, it's probably easier on the guys because they don't yeah. have to call it straight through and do everything, all the ad reads, everything. That's a that's a tough thing, man. That's that's something that I don't think people really think about when they when these guys are calling these shows. How how much of a task it is to call it over the course of three, four hours. And you're bringing that energy the entire time. Mm. Um, this match was this match was okay. This match was good. Yeah, it was a, it was a yeah, solid it was, main um, event. Chad Patton getting the nod as referee. How about that? I noticed that. Mike Kyoto was the referee the year before, and it was funny. I I actually looked this up as to why, like, if if there was any like story behind that, and. Uh, Mike Kyoto, who now does uh, Monday Mailbag on adfreeshows.com with our friend Conrad Thompson, uh, said he was approached by The Rock that year at Mania, and he was asking him if he was reffing or if Chad Patton was. So I guess Chad Patton was, like, up high at this point. And uh, Mike had asked The Rock if he was going over or jobbing. <laughs> you going over or are you jobbing? So, uh, you know, The Rock said he was Cena was going to win, and Kyoto told him, let Chad have the match. So, if that's true, <laughs> that, that's interesting. That He's like, I, I don't want to job you out, so have Chad do it. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. But I, I did. I, I, I looked at the ref. I always, I, I try, subconsciously sometimes, I pay attention to the refs. I couldn't tell you who was the referees for the other matches on the card, because I didn't pay attention. But here, I paid attention. So, and that's what I, that's what I got. But, yeah. Not not a terrible match. The, too many counters, but you know it, it's what yeah. WWE matches were at that point. You know, so many counters. I have a whole paragraph of counters 
because I I was just trying to. I wasn't doing it. I wasn't writing it down for any reasons because I thought we were getting to the end of the match and it just kept going. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a lot of a lot of counters at the end. Uh, almost too many counters. It's a little counter heavy yep. at the end. But the thing, the thing that I take away from this match the most is that The Rock got seriously injured during this match, and I don't think people noticed at the time. But apparently, he tore his abdominal and his and the abductor tendons off his pelvis. Wait, that was this match, or I thought it was that the was year this before. match. No, that was this match. I thought it that was, was halfway the Miami match. This match. No, it happened during this match, and he somehow made like didn't look injured because no, he was supposed to face. He was supposed to face Brock next year at WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 30. Because uh, they were going to run the... This was the plan the whole time was to have Cena and Rock go back-to-back. That was the whole plan the whole time. Uh, they booked that out when Rock first came back in 2011. Rock gets to win and in Mike Miami. And Mike Kyoto didn't know that? Like, what the hell? Maybe he's lying. The bastard. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe, but they, they, they knew this the whole time. But he was supposed to have the match against Brock. And Rock has said this, apparently, on Twitter and stuff like that in the past. Supposed to face Brock at WrestleMania 30, which would have saved us from the streak, I guess. Can you imagine if we had gotten to Rock and Brock at WrestleMania 30? That probably would have been the main event. Daniel Bryan would have not have gotten the main event. No, 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 no. But we also probably, in my mind, I would have taken Cena versus The Undertaker and made that a streak match. Wow. Which was what something we've never gotten. We got Cena versus The Undertaker at... 2018, oh, WrestleMania yeah. 34, <laughs> nothing who cared about that. No. But if you had Cena versus The Undertaker for the streak, whoo, the heat in that building would have burnt the whole arena down. <laughs> <laughs> My God, people would have lost their minds over that match because any near fall with Cena is just, he's going to win and the streak nuclear, is over. And people would have went crazy. Nuclear heat for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He probably wouldn't have been able to leave the, leave the house after that. He, he wasn't. <laughs> He wasn't in the good graces of the uh, wrestling community nah. at that point. You know, that and happened like been, sometime in 2015. I think that happened. But and, and it would have got far worse if he beat the Undertaker for the streak. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Woo! That's why I almost you thought it had you thought happened. January 6 was bad. Oh my gosh. No, <laughs> <laughs> but that heat, that heat would have been just incredible. But. But again, back to The Rock. The Rock was supposed to have Brock at WrestleMania 30, but his injury and his schedule prevented it. Wow. So he said at the time, oh, maybe it would have happened at WrestleMania 31. It didn't. Hmm. Uh, the Rock did not wrestle that night. Brock faced Roman Reigns, which is another member of the NY family, so close. Ah. Uh, and so technically he faced The Rock, but uh, not. Not quite. Oh. Not quite. But The Rock did appear at that WrestleMania. Remember, he did the segment with Ronda Rousey? Yes. Where she put the arm bar on Steph and stuff like that. Stephanie McMahon, which was a big was a big deal at the time. Yeah, that was a yep. big deal. Uh, but WrestleMania 32, The Rock was there. Didn't face Brock at that show neither. <laughs> but The Rock made its appearance and then actually had a six-second match. Do you remember that? Had a what? He had a six-second match at WrestleMania 32. Uh, Bray Wyatt, right? Eric Rowan. <laughs> Worse. <laughs> oh, man. Not Bray Wyatt. Eric Rowan. Wow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to uh. date. To date. 
that is The Rock's last match. (laughs) (laughs) Unless I'm missing it, I'm pretty sure that match with Eric Rohn at WrestleMania 32 is his last match to date. Because I'm pretty sure that is. We would have known if he had other matches, right? Uh, It's The Rock, I'm crying out loud. I mean, yeah. You would think (laughs) we would know. (laughs) Unless yeah, he went his to like last match. Did he go to Ring of Honor at some point? No, cage sides, <laughs> Im- no, cage Impact, match. Impact Wrestling. <laughs> Cagematch.net. We got The Rock versus Eric defeats Eric Rowan six seconds. Well, congratulations to Eric Rowan for his WrestleMania moment. He's had the he had The Rock's last match. You can always say that unless The Rock wrestles yeah. again. He's probably he always say he's probably begging him not to wrestle again. <laughs> Right, because he could always say, "I had his last match." Did you know that? Because that's the thing, like old time wrestlers would do with like yeah. with more famous guys. Like I had his first match. Yeah. Oh, Chris Jericho, I had his first match. Steve Austin, you know, I had his first match, right? <laughs> Eric Rowan could always say, "I had The Rock's last match, his retirement match <laughs> in WrestleMania <laughs> at WrestleMania, bro." So, yeah, The Rock. On this night, though, suffered a big injury, mm. fought through it, did the did the job, did the job, did the honors to John Cena after a bunch of counters, like we said at the end. And John Cena is yeah. your new here's another WWE um, champion. Here's another flashback to you know the first match of uh, you know when Dolph Ziggler kissed AJ and then Daniel Bryan or Daniel Bryan, and then Sheamus hit him or whatever. They did that kind of. From the previous year's WrestleMania, they did the same thing during this match. With Cena, yeah, Cena, you know, very nonchalant, going for the people's elbow, and then, you know, pointing to his head, be like, "I'm a thinker," and, you know, like. But no, there were more counters and more counters and more counters. But I thought that was kind of cool, um, you know, because you know the commentary was going to let you know about it. <laughs> but I still think it was pretty cool to do, to do those callbacks that, you know, you just don't see a lot of anymore and uh you know i, I like that and cena became an 11 time champion this was his 11th time that. that he won the title look at that and he's the man of this generation he achieved redemption according to michael cole because yep, redemption was the word of the day because he after he lost that match his life spiraled out of control he had a real life divorce i think in, in real life in 2012 I don't even remember um, that, but I'm pretty sure that was uh, that was something. In one of the video packages, Cena blames The Rock. He's like, "You're the reason of my downward spiral," or something like that. <laughs> it was something like that. I think he they, actually they got a, divorced in 2012. They did a nice storyline that they never capitalized on. I thought it was terrible storytelling, <laughs> but they could have easily said like, "This is Cena's worst year of his career," but they didn't really like push it that way. Like it. You know, he lost to John Laurinaitis, right? Like, he got pinned by him or something at some point. Oh, yeah. You know, they said that it's worse. Like, I just don't think they did enough with that story of how literally that WrestleMania lost to The Rock the year before ruined his life. <laughs> you know, I, right. I, they kind of hinted at it, and they, they, they said some things, but they didn't, like, make that a focal point. It wasn't like Cena went on a big losing streak. Like, he's still in the main event of every pay-per-view. Without even being champion, <laughs> like, <laughs> he was still the most featured guy on the roster, and yes, he did have a divorce in 2012. Hmm. Uh, so that was they. they I think remember them playing that as part of like the story. Like, oh, you even had a divorce, but hey, look, Cena's been remarried. He got married in late yeah. 2020. So hmm, how about that? Friend. He 
Finally, he never wanted to marry Nikki Bella, but he got married in 2020. <laughs> so he finally did it. The yeah. old boy finally settled down again, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's John Cena's time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the Rock held his arms up, uh, gave yeah. him the you know the old. They talked to rug. each other in, in the middle of the ring. Do you know what the the Rock told Cena? I have no idea. He said. Look out for Vaughn Johnson and Nick Bacone. They're starting a podcast. So, that was <laughs> a awesome. Years. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, I actually looked this up because I wanted to. I heard, you, if you can lip read, The Rock said, like Cena said something to him. And then The Rock says, I don't know what to tell you. I came back for this very moment right now. And I tried to search for anything about Cena commenting on this back and forth with The Rock. And he said, in the Salt Lake Comic Con, uh, September 16th, 2016, he said, after the three count, we had a moment where we embraced it. I said something to him. I told him, uh, I'm just going to, uh, gotta go. Okay. Oh. So he didn't need, <laughs> I have a bunch of filler in here. I don't want to say any of that. I actually told him that he had taken a picture with me when I was an employee at Gold's Gym back in the year 2000 when The Rock was like meteoric. And he didn't need to pay any attention to anyone, but people who could possibly do things for him. Here's this low-level employee at Gold's Gym wowed by the unbelievable personality of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I went up to him and said, Rock, is it okay if we get a picture together? And he gave me the picture. He gave me some advice on how to further my career, and he didn't have to do any of that. And now, being in the return seat, I understand truly how valuable his time was and how much that meant to me as a person. And I held him close and I said, you're never going to remember this, but you took a picture of me in 2000. It helped me stand here today. And if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be here today. It's probably paraphrased a little bit, not word for word. But that's what John Cena told The Rock at the end. I kind of wondered how that, you know, happened. And by the way, that was also written... uh, uh, Written and transcribed by the great Larry Zonka for One One Mania. So rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Larry Zonka, bro. Yeah, damn. That's where I got that from. Yeah, rest in peace, to Larry Zonka, on that. But uh, for all intents and purposes, for all we know about The Rock, and he's arguably the most famous person in the world. Usually, those people who are like that level of fame aren't always known to be nice people, right? There's always something about them. Yeah. Right. They always say, "Never meet your heroes," because you know. You know, you never know what you're going to get out of them, right? The skeletons. Right. But for all intents and purposes, at least as for, from what I've heard, The Rock seems like a genuinely good person. Like, like he's just a yeah. dope person. You never heard about anybody having a bad experience with him or mistreating them or like he, he owed me money, like he hasn't paid me, <laughs> stuff like that. Like you hear about all this different stuff that... He, it's, he's super demand. Like some people, even if they're not like terrible people, but like in a professional setting, they can be very demanding, right? Like Michael Jordan, right? You hear that about him in practice. He would get on his teammates a lot and something like that. Um, but you know, it's all for the, the just the the goal of winning. At the end of the day, it wasn't really being uh, a jerk. It's just trying to push them to their limit, I guess. Right? You never hear anything about that. Uh, anything of that nature about The Rock, right? To when he was in wrestling, he was always a good guy, apparently, right? Yep. No one has a bad word to say about him in wrestling, and Hollywood is all the same thing. You never hear about him having bad interactions with fans. Uh, everybody's got good things to say about him, and I don't know if it's people just like 
being nice to him because he has stroke in Hollywood now, <laughs> or <laughs> if it's just all true. Like, like I said, everybody you hear you, something. You gotta, like, you gotta think like there's always somebody out there that is looking to tear down other people, and the fact that no one's really doing that to him, like maybe they got nothing on him, <laughs> right? You know, and there's maybe there's nothing to get. Maybe this is who he is, and you know we know a lot about his upbringing and you know, maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, obviously maybe, yeah, maybe that helps him, it, helps him stay grounded. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you never know. I mean, there are a lot of people who grow up poor, get rich and they change, right? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. That's just what happens. You know, they change up on you, they switch up on you. And that sometimes it's the expected almost, you know, but Hey man, it's, 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 I think it's pretty dope that yeah. a guy that everybody's cheered for, uh, you know, when we were all kids, it's still pretty much a decent guy. Because you, you hear about, you know, like a, like a Chris Jericho. We all love Chris Jericho. And then you hear about, you, you see him tweeting about COVID and you hear about his wife being at the Capitol on January 6th. And it's like, God damn. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, why so many people that I was a fan so of. It's like, hard to just listen. Like, why is it so hard to just listen man, to I people to, that don't look like you? Unfollow so many people last year, man. It's like, oh, come on. You know, the sexual assault stuff and yeah. all this stuff. I was like, oh, come on, man, really? But The Rock, so far, even like Undertaker, even the Undertaker <laughs> with the with the, 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 the Blue Lives Matter stuff and yeah. all the stuff that he's been into and, and and all the stuff we know about his politics and all that stuff like that it makes you look at Undertaker differently. It's like, oh, really, Undertaker? Really, bro? Like, mm-hmm. is it like that, really? But... The Rock endorsed Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. It's like okay, <laughs> that don't mean he's always a nice person. Oh, he he is apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> so far, so good. Hopefully, keeps hope it keeps going because yeah, you just never know. Obviously, but you, you don't. But yeah, it's good. It's refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is WrestleMania twenty nine, Nick. Final thoughts before we wrap it up here. I will never forget uh, my first WrestleMania. Hopefully my first one and not my only one, but uh, such a fun time going there, just hanging out there, watching the show and being a part of it. Uh, You know, I maybe, you know, some camera angles, maybe I was on TV. I don't know. I have to go back and look (laughs) because some of the camera angles they used with it was like my view. I was like, oh my God, was there a camera behind me or something? But uh, (laughs) a lot of fun reliving it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to do it again next week. Yeah, for WrestleMania 30, I believe we're going to do next week or another one. I don't know. We'll yeah, figure it okay. out. But yeah, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Don't matter. We'll figure it out. Either way, the Goldbergs. Like, yeah, like you, this is, <laughs> even though the show wasn't that great, and I honestly haven't really watched it since too many times, it's still a memory in my mind that I will never, hope to never forget as long as I live. You know, hopefully, old age, my memory, even in old age, my memory stays with me and I can remember what it was like to be in East Rutherford, New Jersey that day. You know, that was a a, sentim- a seminal moment in my life, honestly. You know, first WrestleMania, all of them, honestly, all of them are just great memories. The three of them that I was fortunate enough to attend is up there with being at a Super Bowl, you know, in, in 2018. It's like all three of those, all four of those evenings are bucket list nights. 
you know, and I hope that uh, other people will be as fortunate as I have been to be able to, to check off a couple items on that bucket list, so to speak, whether it's mm-hmm. WrestleMania or Super Bowl or whatever the case may be, you know. But WrestleMania 29 on this night in 2013 was one of those nights that, what is it, the boyhood dream has come true. That's really what it was. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that's honestly what it was. You know, I grew up watching it. I had my action figures out when I was a kid. I would play with my wrestling action figures and pretend I was doing a WrestleMania in my in my <laughs> in my room or something like that. Yeah. I did the same thing I for the too. Super Bowl. You know, we all did it, right? Yeah. And there we were at MetLife Stadium in twenty thirteen watching WrestleMania. And yeah, the show wasn't fantastic, but that ain't the that ain't the point. You know, it really ain't the point. <laughs> You know, I'm glad. I'm. I'm honestly really glad it wasn't like WrestleMania 11 because that's like, oh uh, yeah, I was at a WrestleMania, but it was WrestleMania 11. Ah, it was dreadful. Ah, <laughs> he quit. He said I quit. <laughs> that's that's my one one memory of that. Right. At least this one, I can say it was at a big stadium and it was all the pomp and circumstance. And there's a couple of good matches on the show, and I got to see The Rock wrestle in person. Like, I've never. That's the only time it's ever happened. Yeah. I've never seen The Rock wrestle in person other than that night. Really. You know. So. Is is overall is a dope night and a dope memory that I'll hopefully never forget. So with that, Nick, take us out with some plugs, please. All right, you can catch me at Nick Bacone on Twitter and on Facebook. No, we're at at Shooters Radio on Twitter. It's it's late. You know, we've been at this for a while. So <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/shootersradio, and you can also listen to this podcast and other podcasts at phillyinfluencer.com and phillyvoice.com. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. If you can't find me there, you might be able to find me out here in these streets. Not right this second, but hopefully in another so couple maybe. months or so. Hopefully in another couple months of this, man. And we can return to maybe not full-fledged normalcy, but at least some semblance of it, right? Like, we all need this. Uh, like, I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you guys are feeling the same way but man i we i am over this bro like it's time it's the weather starting to break starting to warm up a little bit and i'm ready to be do ratchet things with my friends again man in these streets like (laughs) that's what i'm trying to do man i am ready to do ratchet things out here in these streets again man so i hope everything is going well for all you guys and you're in a healthy frame of mind and a healthy you know body as well and you're already too to do some ratchet things with your friends again in 2021. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. So, uh, but in the meantime, though, keep your stuff together. You know, <laughs> don't go too crazy. It's not time just yet. Not time yet. So be patient. Be patient a little bit longer. We'll all get through this together. So uh, hopefully it's working out for you guys on your end as well. Uh, you can find my writing at Vaughn, well, not at Vaughn M. Johnson Twitter. You can find my writing. It's late, it's late man. <laughs> It is late. You can find my writing at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Got some more cool stuff coming down the pike, including a big story I'm working on now, but uh, won't be ready for a little while. But uh, another big, big story. Long, long got, type are, of story. Are, you, are yeah. you guys trading Carson Wentz? No. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, that's been reported. But no, uh, that's not what I'm writing about. Different, different stuff. More celebratory stuff. It's an anniversary this year. Uh, that I, I won't really divulge into right now, but it's knows the anniversary, and it's going to be pretty cool when it all comes together. Uh, but until next time, for Nick Bacone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 275 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week.
Peace.